to your sanity safe space. The call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love pleasure. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. Did my voice just crack? That was weird. I've been losing my voice a little bit the last couple of days. Either that or I'm going through puberty, I guess. Anyway... What's the tagline? Uh, the, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. It's that one. The yeah. call-in show. Welcome. Uh, anyway, how are you, Blonde? Can't complain. Yes, I can. I am so sick all the time. You can't complain. What a world that would be. I know. I'm, I'm like so tired of being sick. Um, yeah. So somebody was asking me on Sunday if I had coughed into my hand and then smelled it. No. What happened was I coughed up a bunch of phlegm in my hand and I look and my hand is covered in blood on Sunday. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, because I had this hacky cough. My gross kid is getting me sick all the time. Um, I'm a little better now than I was on Sunday, but I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. Well, uh, like I said, you got to take your vitamins. You got to establish a more I do. I lifestyle. I have such a healthy life. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I eat organic food, no seed oils. Um, I exercise, I drink a lot of water, look, water with lemon, look at that. I don't know what else I can do. Diseased children. Got to separate, I guess. Take some time off. Absolutely a- <laughs> not. I'd sooner die. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody else has been on uh, Trump watch. I've been casually monitoring because yeah, nothing happened. yesterday was supposedly the day and that came and went. And then there was a report yesterday one unnamed source in the Daily Mail saying today was the day. And then today came and went because the grand jury did not, in fact, meet today. The meeting was canceled. And now the Daily Mail has revealed a letter from Michael Cohen's legal team in 2018 in which he told the Federal Election Commission. Uh, no, I, I, me, Michael Cohen, I paid Stormy Daniels $130,000 and I was never reimbursed by Donald Trump for this personal expenditure that i made therefore this is not an fec or campaign issue now you you would you might say well maybe that's just uh michael cohen lying to cover his own ass or cover trump's ass or cover someone's ass because that's what michael cohen does at least as a convicted liar that is what he does uh but that would be potentially complicating because he he said the opposite to congress uh under oath a year later so we might have michael cohen in another uh, perjury situation or who knows the the facts of exactly what happened here i guess are now in dispute i wonder but, why he didn't lie well the bottom line is this uh likely at least complicates the case for mr alvin bragg before this grand jury they're gonna have to explain their way around this i i suppose yes. and then if the grand jury even decides to indict how you explain your way around this to get some sort of conviction beyond a reasonable doubt if the case got to that point when you have convicted perjury guys, your star witness, and uh, apparently documentation of what appears to be yet another lie that is at the crux of the substance of this case. Uh, yeah, it looks like the case has kind of fallen apart. But in swoops, um, uh, the the special uh, special counsel guy for the Mar-a-Lago case uh, today or yesterday, and now he's saying that that there's evidence 
or at least sources are saying that there's evidence of uh, some sort of foul play about Trump improperly trying to exercise attorney-client privilege to protect certain materials. I'm not particularly well-read on all of that. None of these so, are jailable offenses. Well, as, as, as soon as one falls apart, the other swoops right in to Why do they do this the thing slack. where they hype stuff up so much? Yeah. Like, why do they do that and then under-deliver? Well, so that is the uh, the habit for everything about getting Trump. We got him this time, except for this time never truly comes. And it looks like we might be looking at yet another episode in that series. So uh, it looks like they're going to meet again tomorrow. No new news on Trump watch. But uh, frankly, I'm kind of uh, I'm over this series at this point. I might tune out. I've seen enough Trump watch. So I don't know. Uh, My apology for any um, bedtime struggles you may be hearing where it's it's a rough one this evening. I don't hear anything. Nothing at all. Hopefully. Do you hear anything? No, no. He's not not screaming right now, but he was screaming while I was just speaking there. So poor little cow. My apology for any. Any uh, any um, toddler screaming you may hear. But uh, other than that, it will be uh, a call-in show as normal tonight. Uh, you guys are familiar with how that works. But if you are new and you need instructions for how to participate, they are located in the description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on. If you'd like to participate in the show but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, of course, you can send us an email question. The one and only way to do that is through the contact page of the website. Look for the call-in show question form, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll take those at the end of the show as usual. We'll uh, check in on your super chats every half hour as well. Uh, wow. Hey, look who's up first tonight. Unless you had anything else to say before we take calls. Let's do it. Uh, this is a, a much anticipated conversation because Zors has, is finally apparently able to call in. And not only is he lucky enough to make it in, he's lucky enough for first call this evening. You son of a bitch. I'm just joking. Hi, Zors. <laughs> Love you too, Blonde. Well, thanks for calling oh. in, man. And of course, thanks for uh, your support for the show and for your uh, thoughtfulness. So it's a, it's a pleasure to hear from you. Yeah, it's crazy actually talking to you. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, trying to get a lot of uh, points across through little bite-sized pieces and boy does it take a long time to lace those all together with the character <laughs> limit I bet. Yeah. and send them one after the other yeah and expensive yeah it is expensive but yeah it's worth it oh all wow. right so, so what's on your mind that is a very good question i actually wrote out a long piece of basically my thoughts that was actually used for another conversation. I've been talking to a lot of people in various different chats. So this is actually something that I sent to the Discord. So a lot of the people listening probably have already uh, read through this because I sent this in, I think, the news chat room. Well, wow, so this is like some sort of uh, a vetted manifesto or something. <laughs> vetted manifesto. Yeah. No, it's... um. My thought process involving uh, the consequences of giving the values of liberty over to people who are incapable of handling the responsibility of self-determination. So basically, it's whether or not giving people self-determination to the extent that we do in the United States, because that's pretty much unheard of throughout history, whether or not that's actually the moral case. So if you want to do what's best for your society, is that actually giving people ultimate freedom? Because the way that I see it is that uh, like a child who wants to have ice cream for dinner every night, 
he doesn't realize that that's actually bad for him. It can actually, you know, it could stunt his growth and cause permanent damage to the rest of his life. In the same way, the average normie doesn't understand that in this particular case I'm about to get into, uh, their sexual desires might actually cause them tremendous harm in levels that you wouldn't actually expect. So I'm just going to read off a script here real quick. If uh, you guys don't mind, then you can talk about it right afterwards. Yeah, sure. uh, So most human beings are borderline incapable of understanding abstractions or anything that would stem from abstract thought. Society is made up of people who can't think more than one step ahead or can't comprehend the idea behind cause and effect beyond a single layer. We've given nearly ultimate freedom to people who can't bear the weight of its consequences. The Bible teaches us to be monogamous, to maintain sexual purity under its outlined parameters. But society today has largely abandoned that in favor of indulgence and submission to temptation. This indulgence makes sense on a visceral level, as it's easy to rationalize your actions on the surface. Sex is fun, and it feels good, and having sex with multiple partners is even better. But this doesn't take into account the consequences that lurk below the surface. Not too long ago, data was released from the dating app OkCupid that shows the dynamics of the sexual relation between men and women, and it reflects exactly what you'd expect when looking at it from a biological standpoint. Within human beings, women are the gatekeepers to sex, while men are the ones to pursue the women to attain it. Because of this relationship, men overwhelmingly tend to have sex across and down the hierarchy of sexual value, meaning they settle more, while women do the inverse. Mm -hmm. This is the exact thing you would see in nature documentaries when birds do wild dances to attract the women and get rejected more often than not. Just replace the colorful plumage with a flaunting of wealth and muscles, and it's nearly a one-to-one comparison. The OkCupid data shows this exact thing in a microcosm, as women reject around 80% of all men, while men are much more forgiving. This, coupled with our increased willingness to engage in polygamy on a societal level, as well as have sex outside of a relationship, has created an unforeseen problem at a very large scale. We have, as an estimate, 80% of women hooking up with only 20% of men. And since this is at such a large scale, and many of those women are having casual sex with no relationship attached, we've created an incredibly large demographic of average and below average men who can't land a girlfriend due to availability of women willing to settle for them. We've accidentally engineered an incel class in men permitted bisexual freedom or sorry, uh, an incel class in men permitting sexual freedom. Um, This might seem like a relatively small problem, but incels as a demographic are one of the most violent groups of people in any society. Incels are overrepresented in murders, mass shootings, school shootings, and general violent attacks, and are easily radicalized into violence due to a lack of anything grounding them into productivity as they don't have anyone to look out for. In all our arrogance, we've killed God off in our society and taken pride in it, all the while abandoning his teachings and the wisdom of the Bible. The result of our attempts to displace foundational wisdom in favor of carnal indulgence is countless dead children and untold suffering. This is but one example of the unforeseen consequences of sin, and my description of it is far from fully expressed in its severity. How can we expect those who don't understand basic cause and effect to self-regulate their destructive impulses? when they are incapable of seeing the relation between their degeneracy and the chaos around them. Human beings were never meant to understand the full extent of the consequences of their actions, 
And that's why we were given the wisdom of God in the form of the Bible and its teachings to guide us in how we structure our lives. So this comes into relation to my comments uh, as uh, on the topic of authoritarian approach to society. And you and I, have, we've sort of like spoken through the super chats about mm -hmm. this. And your stance is that it's moral for us to allow people to self-determine. And so I yeah. say, uh, my desire to limit what's legal to align with what's moral stems not from bigotry or intolerance, as some might argue, but from compassion. All I want is what's best for humanity, and like a child that wants ice cream for breakfast, we crave what will end up hurting us. The argument that people should have the individual freedom to make choices that hurt them fails to acknowledge that many of the choices being made are done in a childlike absence of understanding of the actual consequences of their choices, especially as it pertains to the effect it has on those around them. This is why it's immoral to not discipline a child, even if it's uncomfortable for both you and the child. And then I go on to say, I fully acknowledge that my own understanding of morality is woefully inadequate to facilitate this vision. And that's why we must return to a Christian foundation if we wish to create the kind of society worth living in. You don't need to be a theist to understand that subjective morality culminates in a society of chaos. Uh, yeah, we, we can definitely agree on that, that latter point. And I think that's key. Uh, did you, are yeah. you finished or were there, was there more? So that was the, the extent of my writing. So mm -hmm. you and I, let me first say where we agree and where we agree is actually most of what, what you stand for. The yeah, I think there's is, probably a lot of overlap, but go ahead. There is, yeah, there is a tremendous amount of overlap. So I'm of two minds. Mind number one is what can we do to create the best society within the system we have right now? And in that, you and I agree pretty much completely. Uh, the government is evil. Limit the power of the government to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. Then my second mind is what is the ideal and the ideal, this is, you know, a what-if situation. What if I was given ultimate power? What would I do, right? Not necessarily practical. But if that were something that I could snap my fingers and have exist, what it would be would be um, a monarchy-type system with a supreme ruler and then lords to look over the various different states. And these people would have to be, there'd have to be some sort of selective process that would pick out the type of people that are actually capable of understanding what's best for the rest of everybody else. And there would be individual autonomy. So this isn't mutually exclusive with your idea of the individual having self-determination. Mm -hmm. But we wouldn't allow for certain things that we do right now. So for instance, like gambling, you would make that illegal. That doesn't mean people can't do it because you can always organize and do these kinds of things, but you would actually punish people acting out. So essentially, in order to be a part of the society, you would have to agree to act within our, uh, our set of morals that is given to us by God from the Bible itself. And failure to adhere to these moral dictates would mean either ostracization, I don't know why I screw up with that word, being outcast. Yeah. Or uh, sorry, uh, severe punishment. So like your example uh, of the big bird costumes, we know we right. need to bring that kind of stuff back. <laughs> yeah, Public sure. humiliation is yeah, yeah. woefully lacking. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go ahead and let you 
Well, I, I actually think I actually think there is a lot of agreement and a lot of overlap. First of all, I would agree with the premise that there's no inherent value to absolute freedom unrestrained by some sort of moral framework. Uh, you have that is the classic John Adams quote, right? Our Constitution is made for a moral and religious people. Um, yeah. I would also agree that uh, it's more important to me that we have leadership that respects the rights of the people than that we have democratically elected leadership that a democratically elected leadership that that uh, simply imposes its will on the minority is not of value to the extent they're violating the rights of that minority. Now, if you had localized control in the way that you're talking about, one thing that you hit on uh, that you mentioned at the end there, too, that I think is key. Um, if you if you're being stricter in your regulation of things like gambling, uh, you cite, um, I ha- I have less of a problem with that. As long as the freedom to leave is still preserved. And, and that's what you mentioned with that. Yeah. If you don't like the rules of this community, head over there and, and set up shop doing something set else. Set aside Oklahoma. You guys don't want to participate. Right. You have right. Oklahoma. Yeah. We'll fence it off. Now, <laughs> now, if we if we had leadership that respects the rights of the people, and that includes the rights of these these smaller communities to maybe be a little more restrictive with that sort of behavior in the way they might want to, while respecting the right of the individual to leave that situation if they if they would prefer to and say not be imprisoned uh that, that it's hard for me to to say that anything <clears throat> about that is way off base or or immoral in fact i think that um that arrangement would at least as you as far as you've described it that would respect the sort of self-determination that that i'm concerned with to the extent that that community the smaller community has the right to determine what it's how it's going to handle all of these issues and well, the individuals a, who disagree can too. can leave yeah, yeah you're you're supposed to have the ability to determine your own fate to a certain degree within the bible you have to be willing to choose god or to forsake him so you can't strip that from an individual no matter what you do you can't strip that yeah so there's there's definitely a point to be made there you're the the thing that we disagree on mainly and i'm sure you're going to you're going to stand your ground on it is the constitution itself. So hmm. you, your belief in the constitution is that if we had followed it, if we'd actually followed it, then we would have a better society today. Yeah. The way that I see it is that the constitution as it exists right now, basically created the perfect, almost a uh, breeding ground for degeneracy to take hold. So basically you had a whole bunch of moral people playing by the rules and immoral people who are willing to break the rules just enough to get ahead. And over a long enough course of time, those people were able to amass an insane amount of power. And then now they've essentially, what they've done is they've wielded the media like a weapon to rally the the normies who don't understand the world to a great enough degree through the power of their vote to basically amass a level of power we've never before seen. You would say that that's a failure of us to prevent that from happening, and I agree. But I think that it was <clears> inevitable <throat> given the system that we have. We might have been able to slow it down with additional uh, amendments or constitutional writing. Yeah. We might have been able to add more time, but I think that giving power to the people, it was inevitable that they would lose it over a course, like a long enough course of time because they simply don't understand. They'll, they'll always be like, 
why can't I vote myself more money? Because they don't understand how inflation works. There's a video I always like to send to people where it's like some white chick like, oh, I understand if we print money, then inflation will get worse. But what if we just didn't? <clears throat> what if we just printed money and then didn't increase prices? And it's like, you have <laughs> yeah, no yeah. idea what you're yeah. talking about and you can vote. Um, you have power, right? Yeah, those are always it hilarious. Was, to me, it was it's just such a mistake because... Like, there's certain things that the individual can understand, like the average normie can understand, but there's certain concepts, especially in how you run a society, that are so utterly beyond the reach of the average person that giving them power is just like giving the people who know how to manipulate them power. Well, keep in mind the the power in that case is supposed to be power really over themselves and over that community. It was never the intent that... that power was supposed to be wielded across the country in the way that it is these in the way that it is today but the last thing i'll say uh and then i'll give you a quick last word and i want to make sure that blonde has her time too and uh before we finish up the 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 live chats are revolting we're gonna have to move on to all right okay well uh the last thing i'll say is that the um on the topic of the constitution and maybe we'll come back to it i wonder to what degree uh the constitution in this case is just a proxy for moral rules in general too. the constitution i think is an articulation of pre-existing moral truth now we could take issue with some of the specifics about how the senate is organized or how the house is organized but fundamentally it's built on a set of moral truths and those moral truths i think will be followed and obeyed by moral people who will inherently have a reluctance to abuse others in the way that the rule breakers the people you're you're describing always will whether the the constitution as a document exists or not um, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if it's possible to create a, a better document, but maybe your point is a, a better document to mitigate the risks that you're talking about. But maybe your point is the document is uh, the, the concept of a document is silly in the first place. I don't know what you might say, but I I can give you like 30 seconds for a final word and then we got to move on. Yeah, no, it's uh like I said, I think you would just end up buying yourself more time based on how you wrote the document. But, uh, I think that if you were to structure it in such a way that the people have autonomy over their own lives, but <laughs> the rulers actually cared about them, you had a rulers like kings that believed in God, then you wouldn't mm. have to sacrifice your idea of individual value. And uh, in order to have like a society that's got actual like legitimate longevity to it. All right. Well, thank you for the thoughts. Before we let you go, your thoughts on objective morality and circumcision. You have 20 minutes. Uh, no, You're just asking kidding. me or blonde? Uh, I'm either. No, I uh, appreciate the call, man. It's, I'm glad to hear from you. And thank you for your support for the show. Yeah. Love you guys. God bless. Thank you. God bless you too, Source. Um, did you have any thoughts before we move on? I know he was yeah, kind of directing awesome. at me, but... Um. <clears throat> Well, I think I align more uh, with him on this. We should be treating normies like they're children. But in a functional society, we're able to allow allow freedoms because women especially are limited by their presumably rational husbands. Yeah. I wonder if we get a chance to talk about it again. I wonder what the limitations of that are. People need leadership. They need moral guidance. There's no doubt. But it's also wildly impractical to think that we can lead the entire world. And, and hand, there, there's a lot of dummies out there. You can't lead them all. Yeah. What do you do with, with that situation? I think it's still they still have the right to self-determination, even if they are foolish yeah. in their exercise. But that's why yeah. you got to control what you can. And that's your local community.
Anyway, uh, thank you, Zorzan. Thank you. F- Sorry to the chat, Revolters. We're moving on. Thank you for your patience. Uh, 88M is up next. Hello. What's on your mind? Uh, actually, I, uh, I was listening to the caller before before me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Okay. See, Did you want to add to that? Yes. I have always been my family and her brother have always been, always been crazy about history. I'm having a real hard time hearing. Are you able to Me hear sure. him all right? No, it's really right. muffled. I don't know if there's about, a way. We... How about this? Oh, that's way better. Thank oh, that's you. That's way better. Sorry. Yeah. So my family, I, we've always been crazy about history, my brothers and I. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is my oldest brother, he's crazy about the revolution. My middle brother's crazy about the civil war. And I'm crazy about the modern time. So we got American history pretty much covered. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I've I've learned, one thing I from history I view is that, what the car is making the points about, is that people don't know what they want, so you need to have people who do guide people. Like this is one thing I've learned about the military is like privates, low-ranking soldiers, they don't know anything, so this is why you need officers to lead them. Yeah, uh, well, leadership uh, is necessary in pretty much any context. It's just uh, the question of how those people are selected and what powers they exercise, you know? Yep. And, that, and, that, and that's what it is. I'm going to make my call short because I don't have a lot to say. Sure. But is that the thing I learned, like, I, yeah, I studied the United States Army history from the founding to now. And I go, like, why do we have the army of, lower standards, weak morals, all that, is because the army feeds off the society. Yeah. Because society's weak, the military's going to be weak, right? The army's saying, oh, we have all these problems with our soldiers. Yes, because our society has these problems. And the army's just picking up, you know, picking up the 18-year-old kid and said, mm-hmm. why do you have problems? <laughs> Yeah, well, now they're having trouble even picking up uh, those recruits, it sounds like. The latest numbers yeah. are, are looking pretty bad. So I suppose that would be the end stage of a weak army is uh, no army or uh, an <laughs> understaffed one. And maybe right. we're headed toward that. But that's something like the reason why the American soldier has been one of the best soldiers in the world the past 80 years wasn't solely just because of he, you know, the American soldier just the best is a great soldier. American soldier was great because he came from a good society. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, you're coming from a good home. You're coming from a a culture that has the right values. Uh, yeah. If you're, if you're entering the army as sort of a broken, desperate person because you have to versus if you're entering the army because you're making a purely voluntary decision to serve your country, uh, I'm sure the quality of, of soldier you get out of those two arrangements is vastly different. And, and that's what we saw in War Two, Korea, Vietnam. Even with draft B soldiers, the American soldier performed better than other soldiers from other countries because the American male, as most soldiers are, came prepared, not fully prepared. Like I know how to shoot correctly, I know how to fix a truck correctly, but he knew enough. So he knew how to drive a truck. He knew how to right. shoot, had a gun. This stuff got the American soldier ahead of everyone else. So they just had more general skills. Adaptability, I'm sure too. Ability to learn new things quickly. And, 
and the willingness to take initiative. Like, oh, I'm going to go around here, attack these guys. Well, I'm going to do this. Yeah. It's like the Romans. So for us, I, you know, Rome, we like to compare ourselves to Rome a lot. But one thing about Rome was if you're from the countryside, you got six months less training than the people in the city did. Because the country people knew how to walk far distances. They knew how to survive outside where the city people had to be retrained that. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for the thoughts. Did you have anything else uh, in closing? No, it's just that we're, we're getting to the point where the average American male doesn't know really how to do anything except play video games. So of course, you know, our society is going downhill and our military is going to go downhill because when, when the, when all future wars are decided by call of duty, you know, it it should just be Zelensky versus Putin one V one on rust. And we could uh, settle this, you know. We don't. And need we can to... make money off the, off the <laughs> I would, Twitch stream. I would tune in. I, I'll watch that <laughs> Twitch stream. Yeah, capitalism always wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for the call, man. Yep. Bye. Okay, uh, we're right at the bottom of the hour. Maybe we'll just get in a quick early break here, okay. and we'll get back into the calls again. Thanks for your patience, guys. I'll try to move it along a little more swiftly in the coming segment. Um. Let's see. Just one over on uh, Rumble. JD1492 says politics is showbiz for ugly people, says Roger Stone. (laughs) Meanwhile, it's not wrong. (laughs) Putin and Xi are uniting Asia against the West. Should I consult Hunter Biden's financial advisor? I was going to ask if you saw that news. Your dream team alliance is coming together. What? Oh, yeah. Putin and Xi were hanging out for like the last three days. And supposedly Xi is trying to talk about the Hunter Biden thing. Yes, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to confuse with Hunter. I did see some false news about the Hunter Biden stuff. And I was like, what was false? Uh, Somebody on Twitter got thousands of retweets posted that like Malia Obama was in his pictures and all this other weird sex stuff. Turned out to be not true. Hmm. Well, we'll see. Give it like six months. It'll probably China, Russia, world force. Yeah. All right. Supposedly Xi is trying to negotiate some sort of ceasefire in Ukraine. That's what I heard. But uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. Once we see Xi riding a horse shirtless, uh, then we'll know the alliance is complete. We're not quite there yet. Are you good on Rumble? Uh, Yes. Thanks. Uh, Bill McPherson was trying to call in tonight, but looks like I'm low on the list. Number 23 or so. Anyways. One of these days, I'm going to give you details on the Veritas ordeal. My knowledge of the inside has deepened. I am always interested in knowing more. I would like to hear that. Uh, And uh, send me an email, Bill. Maybe we can make an arrangement for that. Because I know that that Bill does have some inside connections. And uh, Bill uh, Bill thinks that the sort of pro-O'Keefe, I don't, at least as far as I understand his position, that the pro-O'Keefe reaction is off base that there was some O'Keefe fuckery inside right. of Veritas yeah. that he think is that he thinks is understated. So I, I would like to hear the counter case. And uh, uh, so um, send me an email and maybe we can arrange that. Cause that's something I'd be interested in, in, in hearing you explain. Um, let's just do a few more right now. Ryan in Matt, Matt, Matt and Matt once made love. Matt and Matt make love a lot more than. <laughs> Wait, who's um, the other What? I don't even know who the other Matt is here. Anyway, you thank yourself. you. Oh, what I meant. Yeah. got it. Holden Mulray. High truth seekers conflated topic of the week. Minimum wage versus living wage. A starter job is not meant to be sufficient to raise a family. Cheers. And 
God bless. Yeah, so those are not the same things. Well, e- yeah. even living wage is not the same thing as itself. All right. My living wage when I was 25 and playing Call of Duty, as previously referenced, right? was drastically lower than my living wage now, which includes providing for a family and all of the costs that that entails. So it's your <clears throat> job to adjust your cost of living to your earnings. Uh-huh. Your living wage might be very low or it might be very high, but it's not society's job to pick up the slack. I mean, yeah. it's not its not me saying there should be no safety net. I, I can entertain the idea of some safety net for people who have fallen on hard times. But the point is that should be uncomfortable as mm-hmm. a kick in the ass to yep, get you totally. moving toward providing for yourself and contributing to society. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we should circle you, back and try to make up some time with callers. Uh, good call. Yeah. Uh, Appreciate it. Uh, thank you to our chatters. We'll come back to you at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Mighty Sebastian is up next. Hello. Sebastian, are you can there? You yes, yeah. sir. Space. Having a uh, slight like irritation. So, uh, oh, with the mic. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a little rough. Great. Yeah, it is a little rough. Um, tell you what, I, I'll give you two choices. I could uh, take a quick question or thought from you and we can respond. Or if, if you think you'd might be able to fix that, I could drop you in the, uh, in the tech screening room and maybe we could get that sorted out. We'll bring you back in a little bit. What, what would be how, your preference? How is it now? Is it, is it still the same? It's yeah. not great, but I can, I can hear you enough to have a brief conversation if you'd like to do that. Um, I'll try and figure out what the problem is. I might just have to restart my discord. Okay. Let me drop you in the, uh, tech problems room and we'll see if we can, uh, circle back with you in a few minutes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, ratchet Republican is up next. Ratchet Republican. Oh, hi. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up? What's up guys? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm clear. What's okay, got you good. fired up this evening? I can't wait to hear. Oh, <laughs> fired up. Yeah. Oh, you know, the craziness of this past week, uh, the huge debate of uh, DeSantis versus Trump. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys should really do a call-in show of just, just that whole topic. Just have people calling in, giving their reasons for DeSantis or their reasons for Trump. Well, that would be an interesting- I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that you're on Team Trump. Is that correct? Um, or am I wrong? Right now, I'm leaning more towards DeSantis. But Interesting. Okay. If if Trump gets indicted, um, I'm definitely voting for Trump. <laughs> oh, so you are the guy. I was wondering whose mind this is going to change. It's you. You're the guy. Yes. I am right. that person who's going to change his mind. Yes, because I don't want the mainstream media. I don't want the Democrats. I don't want the mainstream Republicans telling me who I cannot vote for. Uh. Who, who, who Yes, I, I, I'll do it just to spite them. Um, so, yes. But what worries me about Trump is that, you know, he hasn't changed. Yeah. You know, that's true. Same thing over and over again. He's just, he's just that old dog that teach new tricks to, you know, and he just doesn't learn. And I'm just afraid that when he gets back in, he's going to revert back to his old ways and we're going to get the same last two years the first two years were good the last i'm talking about the last two you will get the same last two years and i don't want to continue the same last two years because you know with the black lives matter and the pandering and the platinum plan and the first step act and all and the fauciing and the fauciing definitely yeah. I, I just i just don't want that again um on DeSantis, 
I do like his, you know, he walks the walk and he talks the talk. You know, he does what he says he's going to do. He follows through. My only thing with him is that that the the mainstream Republicans are just licking their lips and mm-hmm. mainstream media are licking their lips like, oh, we want him. We want him. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, mm, why? Why? You know what I'm saying? So that's my that's my only uh pause about DeSantis. I don't know. Maybe there's something that he that I don't know about him. I just I, I haven't seen him made a wrong move yet. So um some people, nobody has convinced me, you know, uh, against DeSantis. So right now, well, there's a lot I'm, of heat on him right now for this interview. For this, yeah, that, which doesn't really bother me. I don't know why he would really run to the defense of Trump after all this we d- stuff. Has it been clarified when that interview was recorded as well? That was in dispute. Oh, it, I assumed that it was this week. I just it's as far as I understand, it's still possible that that was recorded before all the indictment stuff came out because it does seem weird to choose this moment to go on the attack. If that's what happened, that seems strategically odd. Um, but who, I, I've not seen a clear determination of when that interview was actually recorded. It's supposed to come out in full tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would ask, ask people on the right. Would you have had the same trepidation if Trump had done the same thing? Yeah. I would Trump, say that. Oh, that's, that is, if Trump had done what DeSantis had. Ah, well, Trump like has. DeSantis I mean, Trump has been is, talking weird shit about DeSantis for yeah, like a yeah, month yeah, or but, two. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, but people have, you know, people have made excuses for him. I mean, Trump, not only uh, DeSantis's criticism, whether you want to say it was strategically wise or not, is is fairly mild. Trump has been calling DeSantis like a, a, a possible gay pedo or something like yeah, that yeah. on Truth Social. Men I might accuse him soon, maybe underage, whatever he said. I don't know. Yeah, but, I think yeah. people make more allowances for Trump because being inflammatory and unhinged has always been part of his identity. But DeSantis yeah, is so well-mannered and he wants uh, to be the person with integrity. He wants to be seen as the person with integrity. So I think people were actually harder on him than they would have been on Trump. If I was voting today in a primary... And maybe wow. the answer is I should adopt the blonde perspective and don't vote. That's maybe what <laughs> hey. I should do. If I was voting today, I'm wrestling with two concepts in my mind, both of which seem like poor reasons to vote for someone. And this is not I'm not taking shots at DeSantis's record, per se, or even wow. Trump's. Re- I have to evaluate my own thought process here, because on the one hand, I want to see the end of the Trump story and I want to stick it to the people who have been abusing their power this whole time in the way that you're describing. Yep. That but yeah. that then that's a that's an emotionally driven vote that I doesn't know. really make a lot of sense and is sort of out of character. There's that, that, that that's a bad reason for me to vote on the DeSantis side. The thing that's appealing to me about him, it it what I want is the test. And this is also a stupid reason to vote for a person. But I want the test of putting forth the supposed best Republican, the Republican that polls the best with the independents, the Republican that should on paper beat Joe Biden, uh-huh. because I want to see what happens the next time around. How rigged is the system or is it not like if DeSantis runs and he pulls really well with independents, does he actually cruise into the White House easily? And would I have to reevaluate everything I've thought about elections for the last couple of years that there were all sorts of systems rigged to achieve a certain outcome. If DeSantis gets the same sort of bullshit that happened to Trump, well, then I know that there, until proven otherwise, you're not going to elect a non-Democrat to national office because the system. But he will. So, he will get 
he will get trumped. He will be treated like he, Trump. See, oh yes. And I know that's <laughs> stupid. That's a stupid reason to vote too, is be, because then what? I need to see another episode of this to be convinced. Why? Why am I doing this? Uh, I don't know. So uh, this is me voicing my own dissatisfaction with my own thought process about how I would vote on this. I, I could. I don't know how I would right now. It's like coin flipped. I, I go back and forth thinking about luckily for me in the state of Montana, we're one of the last primaries in the whole thing. And we don't vote till June. So my vote does not matter at all in terms of how this is decided. Luck, I shouldn't say lucky for me. Uh, no, I, I guess it'd be better if I lived in Iowa or something, but uh, I won't have to, I won't have to make a final decision about this for a long time. Yeah. And another thing too, I, I want to know whether DeSantis can handle the real pressure. I'm not talking what what he has experienced in Florida. It's 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 pressure, but it's not pressure pressure. You know, um, he's going to get some real heat coming at him. I'm pretty sure they're going to find some female back in the day with something back in our hippocampus talking about <laughs> DeSantis did this to me and DeSantis yeah. did that to me. I'm I guarantee you they're going to cover all his ass. You know what I'm saying? You think Do so? They, yeah, you're probably right. They're going to be bold and roll her out again, Christine Blasey Ford. <laughs> Just do the exact same She's thing. She's like, same party. I don't know what to tell yeah, you. Yeah, it was crazy. It was wild. <laughs> Suddenly, my memory has returned. Yeah, and All I right. want to know whether or not he can he can handle, handle, handle that pressure because it's going to come 24-7, seven days a week. These people, the Democrats are not going to, not going to say, okay, he won. Okay, we're going to, yeah. See what happens. No, well, they're going to hit him time after time after time after time. Another potential flaw in my assessment here, too, is what happens if DeSantis does win the primary. Uh, I have no doubt that if Trump wins the primary, DeSantis will, will bow out. DeSantis will go away. DeSantis will return to Florida. If DeSantis wins the primary, Trump is not going away. Trump, uh, I could... I would Trump hope... Trump is going to be mean. Oh, yeah. Trump, I would hope that Trump. he would not attempt to split uh, the vote, but... I could totally you don't see know him. Trump. Then you don't yeah, know Trump. I, <laughs> I could totally see him doing that, and that would be a complete disaster. He's not a magnanimous purpose person. No, yeah. he's spiteful, petulant child, and you know, he's 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 gonna he's gonna try and drag down DeSantis. So, hmm. I, I, I I don't know. You know, I, I, you know, and the Democrats are just like laughing, licking their lips, like, okay, we, this is what we want to see. You know, yeah. we're giving them what they want. Well, I I think they want to see Trump. I think a lot of this is just they 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 want to motivate people to vote for Trump in the way that you're describing. Not that I'm saying you're wrong to do that, but I think there are forces that are trying to bait exactly that. Mm-hmm. I think they I want know. to I face Trump once more. I think they do. But, uh, uh, do you think? Uh, let me ask you this: Do you think Trump can win? Who do you think is more electable in a general election? After we pass the primary, on paper, according to everything I see, it's it's Ron DeSantis. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But that's again that how much authenticity do I assign to the system? That's kind of the the DeSantis uh, test that I would enjoy seeing. Because I'm getting mixed stuff like from Barris, you know, you know Barris, the poll, the pollster. Yeah. Well, Richard there's Barris. the. I, I do know Rich Barris, uh, not personally, but I'm familiar with his work and I do respect him. There, there's a couple questions here, too. One is who who polls better in a primary setting? And and Trump might actually, according to a lot of polling right now, Trump is is gaining steam once again. Who polls better with the independents who will ostensibly decide the next election? That's DeSantis with a bullet as far as everything I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but we still need the, we, we still need the MAGA voters, though. 
The MAGA vote. Well, and that's yeah, that's a good that's you raised an important point. Is Trump loyalty so loyal that they will actually defect and not vote at all? They won't vote for DeSantis in the general. Maybe. I don't know. I'd I'd be surprised about that, though. People hate Joe Biden, rightfully so. I don't know. A lot of people are cultists, and especially yeah, if Trump maybe. is telling them not, to, Trump is telling them not to vote for him. Yeah, you know? like it, well, like it did in Georgia. Remember Georgia? Yeah, like it did in yeah. Georgia. yeah. That's why we have uh, Warnock and Ossoff, uh, and uh, yeah. well, but then Warnock got elected again. So I guess the people of Georgia just really love Warnock. Uh, uh, good for them. Anyway, yeah. uh, we got to let you go, but uh, thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. All right. Nice talking to you. Bye. I can tell how enthused you are for electoral politics coming back. It's going to be the best. Again, it's like every year that there's some stupid sports season. Like (laughs) this again? Didn't we just finish? No, these are the playoffs or whatever the fuck. I do think this fight between Trump and DeSantis is important and will be entertaining from a political perspective. So I don't mean to uh, say that I am not looking forward to seeing how that is decided or that uh, it doesn't necessarily matter. But I will say from an entertainment perspective, I'm not sure anything tops the clown show, the clown car of 2019, 2020, that ultimately resulted in the selection of, of Joe Biden. What about Biden. 2016? There's no beating that. Yeah, that was pretty good. But that for me, that's when a lot of my perspective was changing. So I was less invested in in that primary. I didn't sort of warm up to Trump until he was more or less already the nominee. So I didn't have the investment in it in that spring. I was sort of watching as someone who thought I was ideologically opposed to these people. Yeah. Which I was for the Democrat clown car last time around. It's just, it was the Beto and, and uh, Cory Booker and speaking Spanish and just all the classic. <laughs> it was so great. But yeah, you're right. Uh, this guy's a liar and this guy's a choke artist. Remember that Trump yeah. uh, against, was it Ted Cruz <laughs> and Marco Rubio? Was that the moment? And then the uh, the this face off with with Megyn Kelly. Oh uh, yeah, that was bleeding good. out of her whatever. You know what? what? Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, let's try Mighty Sebastian once more. Mighty Sebastian, uh, we can give that mic another attempt. Apparently, it's better. But you be the judge. Oh uh, yeah, it sounds a little better. We can work with it. What's on your How mind? How much of a, a homosexual do I sound like? Is is that the problem? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I know. Like 50%. I guess what I just have to say okay, to you is, yeah, are you gay? Very generous. Um, so I've, I've called before. Um, it's been a while. Uh, I think my most uh, iconic story was how I got into an argument in my college library about immigration when I was like a freshman in college. That rings a bell. But, um, yeah. I am, I am now graduated. So, And I've been watching you guys since I was like a sophomore in high school. So um, I hope you feel old. I do. Uh, <laughs> How long have we been? So um, you, must, you must've been watching the entire, if you're out yeah, of college now and you're sophomore, time. you've been watching since the show started essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's all because of blonde. Uh, she, uh, she's the one who I think got me. All right. The show. Or maybe it was you. It might've been both of you independently. Um, but I wanted to call because, uh, well, there was a lot of, th- I've been trying to call them, you know, multiple weeks, but so some of the news is kind of old, but it all kind of um, has to do with one theme, which is basically that the right is incompetent. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, every, every week I, I lose more and more faith. Um, and I'm 
basically at the point where I think that uh, the powers that be have essentially won, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, and I, I our major our major competition is like it, it's just really bad propaganda, like the Chinese and the Russians. It's all just like really shitty propaganda. Um, and they're like their foundations are on sand, basically. Uh, so like even that can't save us as much as that would be, you know, we'd like to imagine that be the case. Um, I think I've become a lot more reactionary in my uh, in my positions. Um, I'm every time you and you you two get into an argument about like principles, I'm always on <laughs> I'm always on blonde side, which is let's just get rid of them and we can talk about the principles later. <laughs> But um, then you become the bad guy. You don't want to be the bad guy, Sebastian. Well, well we winning, can, winning is more important. I, I well, agree. No, winning and becoming we, the devil is a problem. But well, that's not necessarily what would happen. You can win by killing everybody. There is a problem with that. Yes, and I'm I've I've become that person. Okay, right. Billy, as long as you're consistent. Consistency is a principle too. Yeah. So um, thank no, you so that. I think uh, the the um the main thing is. The righteous doesn't really understand strategy very much. Um, they're either too emotional about things, so that they they start. That's the you know ironic considering my reactionary, you know tendencies. But they become too emotional, or they um they like throw optics out the window. It's one of the two, and they're both terrible for you know. Uh, can, pretty obvious can you explain reasons. what you mean by too emotional? Because I my gut reaction is it's the opposite. It's too emotionless i suppose that if if the aim is successful well, propaganda I, that you need to have a little I'd more emotional the, appeal i well that's certainly true but the emotional appeal the emotional appeal that i see a lot especially on right-wing twitter um it's just it's not going to win over anyone that's already who already doesn't believe in what we believe if that makes sense there's no like grand narrative um which is bad for for various reasons mm-hmm. there's there's also the fact that like because the right is traditionally the moral right has a moral side that whenever someone engages in immorality or or perceived immorality there's a lot of purity spiraling yeah and that is a, just in my opinion a weakness when it comes to building a successful movement because the reality is is that elites are always degenerate no matter what position they're coming from like that's just kind of how that works so, you know, we need to be realistic about what we can expect. And obviously, I'm not saying like, oh, we should approve of like our, our pundits sleeping with like trannies or whatever, or like, you know, yeah, you know I, I, there's there's obviously a, a tier, but sometimes people need to like calm down. I, t- I take your point and, because the but, the but that's the thing is that one of the things I hate the most about the progressive ideologues is their purity testing, their commitment to it and their refusal to grant forgiveness to anybody who violates yeah but their, that, there's uh, a power there's a power in that because well, it, but, it, it it's it's very it's very stalin-esque and, yeah i guess um i guess i'm just keep curious get, you about know, your diagnosis that there's too much if any, i guess i would i'd probably diagnose the opposite that there's too much purity testing on well, the left i'd say but the main my main faction that i'm, I'm criticizing are the trads on mm. Twitter, the trad, like the LARPers. I don't doubt. So because, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Good. You're, you're not wasting your, you're not wasting. They're just, well, my, my main problem is that 
I obviously support traditional values and traditional uh, a traditional lifestyle, but the reality is, is that the traditional lifestyle that they're advocating for is not traditional. Mm-hmm. Like the 1950s nuclear family is not traditional. It that that, that is a wait why uh, wait because that is not the the how most human beings live for thousands of years. It is a 50-year-old, 100-year-old institution. Most families were not nuclear. They were communal. They were larger. Right. So you're talking right? about multi-generational, like, common. Correct, thing. correct, yeah, right. correct. Hmm. The idea that, like, you kick your kids out when they turn 18 is not traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, like, division of labor that, that we, you know, the sort of the woman stays at home, the man goes to work, that's really not that traditional. Like, women have always had a, had a designed role, and it, a lot of it was in housework. But it wasn't so um, separate in that sense. Right. Um, there were separate spheres, but it, it wasn't like, oh, I don't see my family eight hours a day <laughs> kind of thing. And so they, they're basically advocating for something that has led us to the position we're in now, and you can't do that. Um, so that's my, like, I think they're too, you know, that, that's my main problem with right, that so we'll, part of them. Before we let you go, what do we do? Because you're, you're describing... Tell me if I'm, would it be fair to say something of like a black pilled perspective? Well, uh, I mean, so I watched your guy's interview and a blonde's interview with a razor fist, I think about, um, Abraham Lincoln. And uh-huh. I, I came out liking Abraham Lincoln more <laughs> okay. and that's how black pilled I am. Wow. I was, <laughs> like, more, I was All right. like, I was like, wow, someone used the federal government to like pursue power at the expense of like a nation uh in like the 1860s and we're supposed to believe that like our constitution has any has anything to give us today when it was ripped up 150 years ago Um, is that is that your prescription that seize seize the power while it's available and 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 sort out figure out like i guess uh real quick closing thought if that was successfully done and the power levers were seized to vanquish your enemies and degeneracy or whatever else you might seek to. Uh, well, again, end. I am a homosexual, so not too much degeneracy, just like, well, are, are you actually, or was that a joke? I don't know. I'll let you decide. I, um, I, I actually <laughs> don't know, but that's fine. No, it's, it's irrelevant fine, it's to fine. our conversation. Um, um, no, if I you mean, did that, would you want to return to something of, uh, of like a constitutional system? Or do you think that that is, should we just maintain the power I'm I would say opinion, I would say power struggle, but I don't want to assign a term that you might not agree with. But I, I'm of the opinion that um, all enlightenment ideology is bullshit. Hmm. It's all just post hoc justification to uh, various uh, elite oligarchs in the 1700s seizing power and needing to justify why they seized power. Uh, so to me, it is the idea of like a constitutional republic was just designed to justify essentially merchants and um, landed aristocrats in the U S mm. taking wealth and power from away from the, uh, the, the, you know, the British monarchy, the British government. And the reason that it's so devoid of meaning and value in so many parts of American society today is because that elite doesn't exist anymore. And we have a different elite that is using their, uh, their credibility, the old credibility to basically prop up this rotten system. Hmm. Um, but like, you know, John, we don't, we're not 
John Adams is, you know, not running our society. We're not run by Thomas Jefferson. We need the moral various... elites is what you're saying. We need better elites. Is that a fair way to characterize? Well, it that is I... correct. Yes. Okay. Better elites. hundred percent. Cause All right. you don't peasant peasant revolts don't work. Uh, this is why people who advocate, like don't go to college to me. I'm like, you're just setting us up to be like a demi class where we just, well, I don't know taxes. if that's true though, because people become propagandized in college. I mean, don't go to college as it is now. Unless you if have your mom, don't go to college. Yeah. How about that? Okay, that's fine. How yeah. That? Or unless you are um, not going to some kind of specialized thing. Correct. Correct. Whereby not going to college would render you unemployable. Our, correct. Our goal is we should try to create a counter elite that can essentially um, seize power because it, it, it's not obviously not going to happen overnight. But eventually, what's going to happen? Every elite that's ever collapsed, whether you look at the French aristocracy, the Russian aristocracy, um, you know, the British colonial elite, they basically lose the will to to maintain their own power. And they allow all these dissident groups to consolidate and mm. essentially kill them. And that's why if you look at the protests in Iran, that's why nothing has happened, because the Iranians will just shoot everyone. <laughs> Same thing in China. They'll just shoot everyone. Ah, that's so, a- they have enough ammunition in China to shoot every. That's incredible. Xi really well, is. He is. They really have lined like them up actually. in like ah, in, in little rows so that so one it's like running three or four for one. Problem in China, actually. Yeah. I'm not bullish on China. Yeah, we we, we uh, one boat in the Straits of Malacca and that whole place falls apart. All right, um, we, we got to let you go, but uh, but thank you I for the call. I, I know appreciate you can't it. Have, uh, five uh, 15 minute calls, but uh, thanks, um, Just you know, just something to think of. Thank you. Have a good night. Have a good night. Bye. Oh, man. Uh, that, that reminds kid. me, a uh, related topic. Did you see that the Idaho legislature, if I'm understanding correctly, voted to bring back, or I don't know if they had it before, firing squads will be a execution method? Uh, yes, I don't know if that's the default execution method, but I think it's uh, like an old law. Is that one of those things that they can choose, or do you get assigned firing squad? I'm actually not sure, but I think it would be awesome if Brian Koberger was killed by firing squad. But then in terms of ways to die, that's really not that bad. Oh, it depends on their aim, you know, That's true. <laughs> you better hope those rifles are properly zeroed. Uh, otherwise, injection. it might be a bad time. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, OK, let's get one more before the top of the hour. Uh, Reinhardt, <gasps> are you there? Hello, Reinhardt. I got nothing to you. Mm-mm. OK, let's uh, Let's put Reinhardt in, in uh, Reinhardt. We're going to put you in the tech screening room, tech problem screening room, if you can hear us, and we'll see if we can uh, get you back momentarily. Since we are just a minute shy of the top of the hour, it'd be a good time for another quick super chat break here. Uh, we're good on Rumble. Let's see. Uh, the Landlord Harassment Channel. End this call. I think that was about the first, probably the first <laughs> call. For people who might not be familiar with the context, I know that that was lengthy and uh, and and heavy on detail. Uh, Zors has been sending us uh, really thoughtful, detailed sort of political philosophy super chats for the last few weeks and uh, finally got a chance to call in. And I wanted to hear him out because he's had a lot of uh, deep thoughts to offer that are hard to make clear through super chat. Uh, So it was important to me to hear exactly what he had to say, because if you've listened to the Sunday show for the last couple of weeks, you might have heard me try to. This is the this is the super chatter where I sometimes say I cheat and I have a written response because he's sending, you know, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but like walls of thoughtful text. And of course, I'm not right. being disrespectful because he's supporting the show when he does that. Yeah. Um, 
And so I respond with uh, my own wall of text and we've gone back and forth, but that's kind of why that was uh, maybe of a little bit longer format. So thanks for uh, your patience with that. John says, circling back to my comment from Sunday, best example of good things God has created through suffering is that through tragedy, you both were inspired to build this community, have faith that your suffering will be worth it. You know that there is uh, some truth to that to me personally. I don't, I don't know if you want to offer commentary on that, but um one thing I will say, it's not just in the context of taking the risk to build this channel and do something different with my life. But after the loss of my brother, I mean, if you think that I'm like a safe person now who's risk averse, you should have seen me <laughs> 10 years ago. I was as yeah. safe as it could oh, possibly yeah. get. It was before you knew me. Um, and And through the loss of my brother, I've really thought a lot about emulating the things I admired about him. And he was a very adventurous potentially even at times reckless person. But I learned a lot of lessons about how you don't get life's thrills without taking those chances. And so you're right that this channel, this entire show is a product of uh, my brand of thrill seeking, (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, uh, 20 minute conversations about political philosophy. That's, (laughs) that's the comparison. Um, But yeah, you're right that, that, that through that loss, uh, some lessons were learned and different things were born out of it. Oh yeah. Me too. For sure. Um, I don't want to compare this to your situation because that's something that befell you, but mine was entirely of my own creation. But if I hadn't destroyed my life through my rampant alcoholism, um, and already destroyed my reputation, I wouldn't have been like, fuck it, let's do this because it didn't really matter anyway. I already had a terrible reputation. Uh, and that was really empowering, you know, and I think that people should take the mistakes they've made and use it to, um, to, to make better decisions. And I was able to do Mm. that. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. If people don't remember, I'm sure longtime listeners will know, but when we found ourselves in the similar life position and decided to launch this show and decided to kind of go independent full-time, whatever, uh, we were both working day jobs. I put in my two weeks. And actually, I I white lied on my way out. Everyone's like, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, my mom wants to start a restaurant. I'm going to help her do it. That was what a shitty that's, lie. That's what I said, because I'm not going to say I'm going to try to be a YouTuber and uh, it's going to be pretty much about politics that all of you disagree with. Yeah. I'm going to say that. So, oh, when's the restaurant going to open? We can't wait to come check it out. Uh, it's it's. <laughs> It's a lot of work to be done. It's like a full remodel. It's going to be a provable lie. Why wouldn't you lie about something less because provable? None of these people even have my personal email. They're never going to follow up. How? None of these Is people. That, didn't you work with these people for like years? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> none of them have. I've never heard from any of them since 2016. And Blonde just like, it's like, I don't fucking work here anymore. See you later. <laughs> no, I, I literally, because I, there was this like hag that uh, was really obsessed with her career, this childless woman. And I was working under her with the project and I was making $20 an hour for high level, uh, moderately high. It was not enough money for, for what we were doing. And then they, they put me on this really high pressure case and they were like, if you do a good job on this, um, that would require tons and tons of hours. In. If you do a good job on this, we'll give you a raise. And I was like, no, you give somebody the raise before you give them the work. That's how this works. Hmm. And so I had screwed something on the case. And then the lady was calling me down the hall so that she could scream at me. Um, and 
I just texted my boss. I just left and just peaced out. I just texted my boss. I was like, I'm, I can't. This is a it's not against the law. Whole book. It was fine. I like I committed so much wage theft there. It was astonishing. <laughs> I launched my whole YouTube channel on on the on the clock there. Anyway, uh, so um, th- thank you, uh, John. You're exactly right, and uh, I appreciate your thoughts and your support for the show. Yep, Gorilla. I think I'm saying that right. Gorilla One. Thank you for your support for the show. Very much appreciated. Uh, Nicholas we love H. You. You're very special. Blonde, that shirt pulls the green out of your eyes. Well, sincerely, fellow hazel eye. Thank you. Very rare eye color, as far as I understand. It is. And my daughter. Oh, you both have them. Mm-hmm. Hers just turned. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, oh, what well, they turned from what to what? Blue to green. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, my sons are still blue, too. I think they're, they're set to stay, I would assume. Although, I, apparently, they uh, can change. Maybe, I don't know. Apparently they can change it like up to age three, what? but he's still blue eyed. So mm-hmm. I would assume that's set. Anyway, uh, we will uh, end the chats there and come back to them at the end of the show. Thank you guys for your chats. Appreciate it. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And next up is Wicked Masshole. <laughs> Hello. Mr. Hi. Masshole, what's in your mind? Well, uh, you guys heard about the Wisconsin Supreme Court election that's in about two weeks? No, I don't know anything about it. Well, yeah, that's kind of the issue because a lot of the uh, right-wing media, presumably left-wing media too, they're not talking about it, but it's actually a big deal because Wisconsin has four Republicans and three Democrats. They're technically nonpartisan, but they're Republicans and Democrats on the Supreme Court and they elect them. And when the Republicans is retiring, and so they've got this guy, Justice Kelly, against janet name i can't pronounce and so they're having a an election and this is going to decide the majority for things like i don't know how you're going to count the ballots and who knows what Uh, other so it's kind of important uh donnie's not truthing about it very few people are talking about it and uh they did and so the thing about janet is that she's just the sort of supreme court justice or democrat uh judge that people rail about because she likes letting criminals out of jail and is a total partisan hack and uh, doesn't see a distinction between being a strict constructionist and being right or left wing. And uh, he, he just keeps trying to explain to everybody, okay, so how a judge is supposed to work is that they're supposed to do the law as it is without yeah. having their opinions. And, uh, and every idiot's like, no, I just, just want the things that I want and she right. should do that. And that's kind of, Exactly. To the point of the prior conversation, uh, lack of understanding of how the system is supposed to work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was this one case of a 13 year old victim who didn't want to show up to testify against the uh, rapist because the rapist had all due, presumably in part, to the fact that rapist, she had already let the guy off on probation. And uh, then she let him off because the kid didn't show up, despite the fact that the kid had good reason for not wanting to show up because he thought, well, it's pointless. He's just going to get probation again. And I don't want to face him, you know? You know, she's just really bad, okay? And nobody's talking about it. And this gets to what not only the whole point about how there's a big difference between a strict constructionist and a politician, but also, where is the where's the A game? I, I just don't know why the right-wing media doesn't, you know, focus on the, uh, keep their eye on the ball. It's always a distraction. I'm not saying the Trump thing isn't important, but this is important too, and nobody's talking about it. 
Right. Uh, and that question has been raised on the right. And I think it's a good question to ask. Is this Trump thing just a distraction? I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he's a viable candidate. Um, and I can't imagine the left is that worried about it. Or they haven't even tr- started trying to destroy Ron DeSantis yet. When you say that, do you mean um, like in a, in a non-fortified fair election, he can't win or he's non-viable? I'm not because saying he of- can't, he can't win. He just doesn't have this perfect combination of factors this perfect storm of factors where the left was underestimating him and he oh. had all of this energy, especially millennial energy um, behind his campaign. And and he hadn't uh, kind of wronged us in the way that, that he did by letting down people on January 6th. And, you know, there, there are people sitting in jail on January 6th. He should be out vocally uh, protecting well, I mean, these people and thanking them for their service and stuff. He did perform, do that one, uh, that one song that went crazy on iTunes. Yeah, there's what? been uh, there's been a couple of them like January sixth song. I, I don't know. I haven't heard the songs, but they're are they fundraisers for the legal defenses or what's the deal with them? I think it's something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're right, though, that yeah. uh, that even Trump's election in 2016, the votes were very narrow in exactly the places that, that the they had to be. Right. And that is with the sort of unique combination of factors that you're describing. People thinking there's no way in hell it could happen. Um, sort of a you had a Hillary Clinton to run against, and maybe Joe Biden is is on that level of hatedness. If he's not there, he's close. So maybe that's one for one. But and this phenomenon we're seeing of, of people being blackpilled and just dropping out of the, the voting system, uh, I'm seeing it primarily in Gen Z and and millennials. And hmm. so we're going to get the energy. The energy is going to be behind the. the boomer vote maybe some gen x and that's going to be for desantis i think oh yeah yeah i was thinking behind biden in the general which is hilarious like the idea of biden as the energy candidate uh but maybe we're that's hilarious yeah yeah i could uh there must have been biden memes in 2020 i don't really remember that but are we going to get biden memes again i don't know uh anyway did you have uh more thoughts uh before we let you go well, I just thought it's yeah. kind of an issue how there's this huge Supreme Court election and nobody's talking about it. I'm just wondering, what's going on here? Why can't people, you know, keep their eye on the ball? It's always quick. Yeah. Bait. It's like, I'm not blaming you specifically. It's just a general yeah, yeah. phenomenon I've noticed. Seems yeah, I, uh, to your point, I've heard nothing about this. This is the first I've even heard of, of uh, the story. Yeah. So thanks for letting us know. Yeah, you maybe you'll see some clips going around because they had a debate, which Janet reluctantly agreed to after ducking other debates. That's what so, I'm looking at right know, now. Maybe it'll go. Oh, you're looking. Yeah. I wonder, I uh, of course, uh, the, the, the thing that is of relevance to non Wisconsinites, is that their denonym or whatever the term is? Are they Wisconsinites? I don't people that in sounds, Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Um, the relevance to everybody else is of course, if they have oversight of the Wisconsin election as you're describing. Yep. And uh, I'll be curious if I get a chance to listen to some of this debate, maybe I'll see if they talk about, electoral issues specifically because that's what's relevant to all of us yeah and the thing about justice kelly he's like a total giga chat just does not care he 100 percent sticks to the law and and his campaign ads have been pretty brutal he even went so far as to uh do a shot by shot parody of the willie horton ad or something or one of those big crime ads oh yeah and he clearly uh he's going for the jugular well, good. Uh, yeah, I, I'll yeah. have to check it out. Thanks for the information and thanks for calling. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's try Reinhardt again. Reinhardt, are you there? 
Oh, I, here we go. I can't hear him. Can you hear him? I, I can hear him. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> great. If if you. All right, well, I can try. Oh, wait, there we go. Okay, now I got you. Now you're lighting up. Perfect. Great. Finally. What's on your mind? Oh. Well, he did light up for a second. Can you hear him yep, now? There you are. Okay. <laughs> I can hear you now. So if you have thoughts, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah, go ahead and uh, and get them out while we can while we're able to hear you. Yeah, I'm gonna launch into it while uh, while I have a connection. All right. So I have three topic ideas. Pick one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's I said ideas. Yeah. I want you guys to tell me what you want to no, hear. I'm just worried if you have um, a bad connection, we might lose you halfway through the second one. Right. Okay. Do you think if you were to talk about whether or not there's a, a future for whites in this country or any country? Yeah. Do you want to talk about modern dating women and arranged marriages in oh. the modern day? What? I thought you were pro arranged marriage. No, I mean, I, 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 I want to talk about both of these. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I said, I said the... we can talk about the prospect of arranged marriage All in right. a and modern the, context. The third is? Um, what country should we flee to, given the demographic collapse happening in, um, in the white population in the United States? I think you're going to have to pick the North Pole at this point. I know, seriously. Is that I a mean, country? I don't know. A lot of my friends are like, we should move to Costa Rica. I'm like, I don't want to be a visible minority in any country. Can't we move to some European well, country where at least we'll blend? <sighs> I, I, I keep hearing Argentina. Yeah, I don't like South America either, but. Can we move to Hungary? I thought about Hungary, Poland, maybe. I, I'm curious. To be honest, I'm curious about the uh, arranged marriages. If you guys want to talk. Oh, about that's fine. That, yeah. But, uh, I that would be my vote. Okay. Well, let's talk arranged marriage. Um, given the modern kind of gender war that all of our kids are growing up inculcated with, uh, not my kids because I don't expose them to media of any kind, but you know potentially anyone they're going to date is going to have grown up in this milieu. So I'm thinking about taking a, uh, a more direct approach in helping them find a partner. Okay. In a modern context, I'm thinking, you know, I have friends or I will have friends who have kids around their age or, you know, for the males, a little younger for the girls, a little older, you know what I mean? And I could kind of sort through who has a good upbringing and uh, what kind of financial future they can expect. I can do all the all the important criteria vetting. And then basically, when it comes to your daughter, you say, um, hey, there's this boy I want you to meet. See, tell me what you think of him. I've already done the heavy lifting that I have determined that he's probably a pretty good match. Right. You know, and she can basically just say yay or nay. Wait, how how old are these conversations initiated? How old? Yeah, like what how age? when you start doing this uh, prospective arranging, how old are the children? That I haven't really sorted out the fine okay. details. I'm thinking maybe sixteen to twenty. Oh, yeah. okay. So basically, a you know adulthood or the cusp of it. I, I was thinking you were thinking about this at an earlier age. I like it. I think well, it's a great I idea. I don't know if I want to introduce them to that that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Because what what on earth would they be basing their decisions on? Well, that's kind of what that's that's why my head that's where my head went was like, well, that that, I thought you were talking a younger age. So the the consultation. Anyway, I was thinking you were describing something you weren't. So carry on. 
uh, with your with your premise here. Well, yeah, the way I'm thinking about doing it is, you know, when I, like you said, when they're on the cusp of adulthood, you know, and since I'm doing all the heavy lifting as far as finding them a decent person, really, you know, it's just up to them whether they uh, like this person or not. Because, you know, to the best of my ability, I've already sorted out the stuff that she's not going to think of. You know, the stuff that's more important than, oh, he's cute. Right. Well, that means you can't throw any Uggs her way because she's not going to listen to you. I wouldn't dare. I don't want dysgenic grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what what it's, you're going to be attracted to. Online dating really taught me that. I would think I was going to be really into a guy and I'd meet him and I'd be like, I hate the way you smell. We can never see each other again. So I don't really know like what mm. the combination of factors is are rather that make up uh, attraction. So that's going to be a hard thing for you to hammer down. Right. But it's such a good thing that you can start as early as 16. Oh, Who cares you if it should, takes you, you four should years. Definitely. It's not do a bad this. age to marry. No, you should do this. This is a great idea. Yeah. Well, no, well I'm pretty dead set on it. Oh know, yeah. Cause yeah, I, yeah. I have no interest in letting her pick some random schlub from her, you know, whatever homeschool group and you know, no, I, I I want to have a little more guarantee that she's going to have a good life ahead of her right. with whoever she marries. And you can know a lot based on the parents. Well, and you know, marrying the wrong person can destroy an entire family, not just one marriage. Oh, yeah. It's a real life ruiner. It is. You know, having bad in-laws, that's that's trouble. Yep. Well, good right. for you. I'm glad that you're thinking about this. You sound like a good father. Any uh, anything else That's in your mind? High before... praise. That's okay. honestly the best compliment I could ask for. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for calling in. Did you want to add anything, anything else before we let you go? Um. Yeah. Real quick. Um. I think we've already lost the battle in America, and I I don't think we're going to get a real collapse. So, um, off the top of your head, list list two countries you'd find it acceptable to live in if we had to leave like tomorrow. Dude, I'm 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 playing playing the fiddle uh, down the Titanic. I've never been that's, to Poland, so I, I can't say Poland, but I I loved Hungary, and it's the only place I've been where I've been like, all right. And I don't know, maybe Japan. What I thought you said? Yeah, you didn't honestly, want to be I gotta a, a go minority. UK. I, that's fine. You would go to the UK. Yeah, you know, I hate their government, but their culture is so similar to ours. Out of a, yeah. you know any other For country, now, where else would you go? Uh, <laughs> for now until it's yeah, like but you gotta uh, think they're still at 94 percent white or something like, like crazy like that you know I, I would kill someone to have those demographic numbers in this country that's true that's true yeah and in terms of the japan thing yeah i don't want to be a visible minority in costa rica where where they'll like see me and be like oh she's white let's rape her but in japan they'll just be like oh you're pretty blonde hair so pretty <laughs> and i'm a narcissist so you know i i like to be uh stared at yeah, but I don't want to be a racial outsider either. I hear that. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling in, man. All right, guys. Yeah. Have thanks. A good night. You too. Uh, this might be a first in the history of the stream. Not only do we have a first time caller in Zors, but next up is Zors's mom. Oh, I, don't know that we've I got ever the had nicest a, email from you. Hi, Zors's mom. A son to mom combo call. So uh, welcome to the show, Zors's mom. Thanks for calling in. Hey, guys. Thanks. Matt, I know you got my email about um, the book of Job in the Bible. Blonde, did yeah. you get it as well? 
Um, I'm not sure. Was it? Did you send it to the inbox, the uh, Matt and Blonde inbox, or just to Matt? I sent it through the contact page on. I do not think I read that. I did read your other email about being an educator, though. Ah, got it. Yeah, no, this is so basically. Um, I've been through a ton of shit in my life, <laughs> including a miscarriage, oh. um, including Zorz's head injury when he was 17 months old. <gasps> I did read this. You did read this. Okay. So, um, and did I hear right? You were raised Catholic? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, and I was as well. And, and I actually got saved on interstate five, um, listening to Amy Grant pulled over just below the overpass that collapsed in the 1994 earthquake. So that's a, a fun story, but wow. yeah. when you say yeah. close, how close were you? I don't mean to divert the call, but I'm just, no, 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 it's no, it's fine. And it, and it was years before the earthquake, but it was literally, oh, I see like in the same spot. Like if I had been there during the earthquake, I probably would have been a goner. Got it. Okay. Oh man. I know just kind of crazy. So, um, but, um, you know, I basically what I wanted to share was the first time and I was kind of a new Christian and I was at a women's meeting at my church and a mom whose daughter had leukemia, they were Whoa. like, yeah, they were in the process of, you know, just all of this stuff. And she shared the verse that I had put in the email to you that, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes blessed be the name of the Lord. And she said that that was just, um, what she went with to survive. And for some reason that really struck me as well. So when things started turning to crap with Zora's dad, um, that was one of the verses I really hung on to. And so as strange as it is that God would allow all of that crap to happen to Job, um, here we are thousands of years later, we know his name and we can appreciate what he experienced and yet continued to remain faithful to God. So that's kind of my thing. And, um, but I would also say that um, Job was blessed afterwards with like basically a new family, you know, new kids and, and everything was kind of restored. And um, I've experienced that, you know, I, I had husband 2.0 after Zorz's dad had an affair and walked away from the Lord and left and, um, Ugh, what a dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 uh an interesting conversation, but um but then I also mentioned that I lost Frank to COVID last year. He was turned 57 in the hospital. But I'm already seeing how God is using that. I'm using what I call my wife time to um be involved in the battle for school choice here in Idaho. And it's sucking big time because I don't know what the heck is going on with Idaho, but yeah. Um, oh, and yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm surprised that's a political fight at all, but, but it seems like that would yeah. be a slam dunk, but I don't, I guess I don't know the ins and outs of what's going on there. There are a lot of leftists in Idaho. Yeah. Well, and well, not they got only some firing that, squads. 
<laughs> I can't think it's <laughs> But Anyways, you know, it's interesting. A lot of it is fear. It, a lot of it is just based on fear. You know, um, like the homeschoolers are against it because they're afraid of losing the freedoms that they have, um, even if they don't take the money of an, an ESA, an education savings account. But honestly, I could talk your ear off, but I, I do want to say one thing about Zors is um, I have no idea where he gets that depth you know, deep diving into stuff because mm -hmm. for me, I'm like a half inch deep and 10,000 miles wide in terms <laughs> of the stuff that I'm an information junkie, um, been on a couple of game shows. Um, and I don't, I just don't dig in deep on that. And his father definitely doesn't. So it's kind of interesting to listen to him. Um, so my one question, and it's mostly to you, Blonde, because I know that you're struggling with the anger over the miscarriage, is do you ever listen to Christian music? I know it's kind of a weird question, but... Uh, you know, I'll put on some some old Catholic songs that I, some hymns that, <laughs> <laughs> that, I, that I used to like in church periodically, but that's pretty much it. I, I would recommend, I don't know if you've ever heard of Toby Mac... Mm -mm. Um, and, and I, I can even shoot you an email with a few songs, but that'd be great um, because honestly having, you know, getting saved by listening to Amy Grant, you know, I have just really found that songs speak to me, um, the Christian songs and they just kind of help me discipline my brain to focus on the positive um, and not the negative, and there's been plenty of negative, but man, I'll have to, maybe someday I'll call in and share the story about how we ended up fleeing California and getting here to Idaho. Because do, do, have you shared where in Idaho, whereabouts in Idaho? You don't have to. No, I don't mind at all. Um, I don't know if you know where Idaho City is. I'm about halfway between Boise um, proper and Idaho City, so I'm up in the mountains, Huge nice. blessing. This is where I was supposed to be my entire life, but I'm just glad I'm here now. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for calling. It was lovely to talk to you. Oh, likewise. And seriously, I'm so enjoying your guys' show. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks for calling in and thanks for your kind words. And uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, thanks for providing some perspective on on finding purpose in uh, in loss and difficulty. That's much appreciated. So all the best to you and your son. Thanks for uh, being a part of the community and a part of the show. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Okay. Uh, Blonde, I assume. Are you still there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Your camera went off. I don't know if that was intentional or not. But... Oh, it's okay. Just a second. Okay. Uh, Rusty Culture is up next. Rusty, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. What's on your mind? Oh, not much. I can't be as deep as the last caller, unfortunately. That's all right. Uh, we can uh, get, find some entertainment otherwise. What would you like to talk about? Okay, I was I was wondering if you've heard this one before. Hmm. But if we ha if we don't do anything in ten years, the world is going to end. <laughs> uh, Never okay. heard it before. All right, you haven't. Because uh, the UN just came out with a report on it. Oh, oh, okay. So, what is it this time, though? Is it is it just your climate change stuff, or yeah, or is it's, it... it's the climate change? Uh. And I was trying to find because somebody tweeted out what their report, and they were trying to claim that if we don't do anything, 
the world will get as warm as Venus to where we can melt lead on the surface. I look through the port. It's not in there anywhere. So that's just made up in the tweet. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about here? I was watching some news before the stream uh, this evening, and they were talking about AI, which is, uh, if you have not seen the movie yet this week, is very on point with the movie, but I won't get into that. Uh, They were talking about AI and its ethical risks or even dangers to humanity, which is really the theme of the the movie uh, Ex Machina. And you got these guys warning, like, if we if we aren't careful, the people developing this think there's like a 10 percent chance of a catastrophic happening for humanity up to and including extinction of mankind, as in the AI will kill us. But then they were talking about why AI is so important. And I, I think the number two thing that they cited, the number one problem that we have to have AI for is climate change. Somehow. Seriously, the, that's the robot part of their brain, cost benefit analysis. The robot brain is going to change the weather, but it also might murder us. So, you know, <laughs> well, you see, if it murders trade-offs. all of us, if it murders all of us, then that'll solve the problem of us killing the world. Apparently, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, you've, that you've cracked the code. The, the, yeah, these are not mutually exclusive things that uh, putting making mankind extinct is, is part of the part of the plan, perhaps. I, I think that's probably the plan. Hmm. It's like if, I was just... <laughs> if if I had a robot that was like of human quality that could do anything, it's just it, it fascinates me that these people immediately think it must change the weather. That is That's what this thing. robot must do. If I had a magic <laughs> no, robot like, capable, make me a grilled cheese. How about yeah. that? <laughs> Life changing for me. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to stop uh, stop the sun from being so hot somehow. Anyway. Sorry, I, I I know that wasn't strictly to the theme of what you called about, but what it, uh, it's kind of the world ending. It always seems like there's something somehow the world is going to end and we're going to be the cause of it. I've just never thought of AI fixing climate change that uh, just stuck in my brain. It's so weird. Such a weird but they, to your to the point to your point earlier. It's like everything, every piece of technology, every political issue in one way or another connects to climate change. Climate change is like this. Right. It's like the center of uh, of everything. Everything affects it. Everything causes it. Everything has to be destroyed in pursuit of mitigating it. Um, climate change is. Can, uh, you know, I can I, make the leap between AI and fixing climate change. The one that always gets me is when they say racism causes climate oh, change. Of course. That one. Well, not only they have to do some serious mental gymnastics for that. And climate. Don't forget, climate change is disproportionately damaging to people of color that's the other way that it's phrased so it's the cause and the effect of it yes that's pretty awesome yeah racism causes the climate change which in turn perpetuates the racism it's all a big cycle like that you're right this is you know when you're a kid you learn the water cycle about how water evaporates and then it collects in the clouds and then (laughs) it rains and the whole thing repeats there's going to be a cycle of a weather, a weather cycle of racism like that will be taught in future schools. If it's not already, maybe I'm behind. I'm sure it is. I'm sure there's some cause of it. All right. Uh, did you have any other thoughts? I was just curious because I haven't heard you. I don't know if I've really heard you discuss climate change. Mm-hmm. I was just curious at what point did you kind of figure out that, hey, this is kind of bogus. Well, I, to be honest, I'm not extremely well read on the science TM of climate change. So I don't even mean to dismiss the entire concept of man-made 
uh, climate change over time. It's possible that that is a thing that exists. Um, what bothers me is politically what bothers me is the idea that if we just feed enough power to a centralized government, they will change the weather. If we face climate problems or really any threats to our survival, every single time I will put faith in, uh, in, in, in private actors to develop solutions to that problem rather than like paying enough taxes to Joe Biden or something like that. So even though I'm laughing at the AI application, like if people think they can, if people think they can make a robot brain to make the weather more hospitable, uh, as long as I am not having my wealth extracted on behalf of that project, I, I don't strictly have a problem with that necessarily. The trouble is a lot of this stuff operates on government grants anyway. But yeah, um, yeah. I guess to, to summarize my perspective, I don't know. I, I don't know enough to declare the concept to be a hoax, but I know that it, it the threat of it is used to extract our wealth in insane ways. And that that latter part is what I, I really object to. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I just I developed a problem with it when, because I like to I like to study data. And there's always this problem with causation, with establishing causation. And, and then people use temporality like saying that X happened, then Y happened as evidence of causation, which is just so retarded because you can establish causation for all sorts of things that are totally unrelated. And also the thing that bothered me the most is that we're using such a tiny fraction of documented history in the world where we were able to measure the weather. And then we're extrapolating like tons of it from fossil records and other things like that. We don't know what weather fluctuations were even if it got super hot everywhere in the world for like a few weeks right now, we don't know if that wouldn't have represented uh, the same kind of fluctuation that happened millennia ago. Or, I mean, we, we just don't know. There's just, there are too many unknowns to be drawing conclusions from a few hundred years of data. Yeah. I think that's the problem I've always had with it. It's not the concept that it might be getting, but it's the apocalyptic worry that they drop in on everybody every couple of years that, we don't fully change everything we're doing and give all our power to the government to solve this problem, then all hope is lost. Yeah. It, 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 with any problem that exists, uh, if if Joe Biden and company are the solution, I would say that I'm fucked regardless. So, uh, I, you know, it's been a good run at that point. I I won't worry about it. Too well, you much. mean the guy that can be defeated by stairs? Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We do have one more caller waiting. I know we're a little bit beyond the bottom of the hour, but I'll try to be quick here and just give this caller last word. Uh, Blue team. We are right up against the clock, so we'll have to be quick here, but uh, you're welcome to a last word tonight if you'd like it. All right. Thank you all very much. Um, I guess my main question for tonight is um, what inspired y'all to start um, y'all's careers in media making? I guess what was the push or what inspired y'all to start? And I guess on top of that, what inspired y'all to commit to it full time? Hmm. We kind of got into this a little bit earlier. Uh, coincidentally, uh, I, my entire thing, it, it's all an accident for me. I got started doing this, making call of duty video game content of random people on the internet, yelling hilarious stuff at my friends. Uh, and that lost steam over time because that, that was part of the, like when the forces of censorship started, uh, starting to started to exercise control over the internet. That was one of the things they started cracking down on was voice chat and video games. And it became harder to make that sort of content. And also you, 
you know, at some point you grow up. Uh, I don't know that I'd be making that sort of content as a 35 year old man anyway. So I had this YouTube channel that had this niche content that I couldn't really make anymore, but I didn't want to stop. And I've always been interested in news and politics. And I just kind of started talking about news and politics, even though that's not really why the original people who signed up to follow my channel did, but I transitioned that. And then as we were talking about earlier, um, that was pure hobby for me for years until my, my day job, my real job in 2016, I was put under the management of a micromanager guy that I didn't get along with. And I interpreted that as the world is telling you, you're not supposed to be doing this. And at the time I had this sort of small hobby YouTube channel that was a little bit of side money and I had saved a little bit of money and I thought, well, I know it's incredibly ridiculous and reckless, but I'm not supposed to be doing this job. So why don't I take what I have and see what I can make? Mm -hmm. And then it became what I have now. Uh, but there were many that took probably a year and a half of scraping by mm -hmm. to make something that was viable. Right. And so to answer your question, it's, um, it's, I would say it's three parts. It's passion for the product. It's circumstance of a job that fell apart and it's, it's kind of being up against the wall of having to do it or, uh, you know, like failure is not an option because my livelihood depends on it. Luckily, it was just me at the time. I wasn't providing for a family. I, I probably wouldn't take that same risk today, knowing that I have to take care of my wife and son. Yeah, so yeah. that's how it happened. Yeah. And I was, um, I had just met my husband. And so I had all of this security. So I was able to take a bigger risk. You know, it's, it's so much more of a risk for Matt to do this than it is for me because I'm only partially supporting my, my family financially. Um, whereas it's kind of all, all on you. So that really allowed me to say things, um, that I don't think I otherwise would have said. Also, I was just so pissed off all the time. I was just walking around. I'm like, no one's going to talk about everybody being a freak show that people are just going to act like this is normal. It was just so, so foreign to me. And I was having these really disassociative experiences where I I'd walk around Seattle and I'd look at what was going on and I would feel like I was witnessing the world through the eyes of, of some future person. It was really weird. Like the, this dystopian feeling that everything was about to fall apart. I think you inhaled some of the fumes maybe. Well, it's, it is weird. I mean, do you ever walk around a, a, an American city and you're like, I, I feel like now is the future we feared. Ah, well, yeah, you have those moments of weird realization or. Yeah, like you've stepped into a new world or something. I, I suppose I've had that experience, but it happened so gradually that everybody just acted like things were normal. And I felt like that was like it needed to be talked about. I, I had that experience actually many times throughout the height of the COVID bullshit, like walking into a store or something where the, you're the only one unmasked. And you're yeah. like, I'm, I know you motherfuckers know that this is bullshit. And you're yeah, looking at yeah. me like I'm the crazy one. You know, there was a lot of those experiences were weird. Just those like slanty eyebrow NPC faces behind masks for months at a time. Yeah. When I know you yeah. don't want to wear that. I know you know it's bullshit, but you're doing it anyway. And you're looking at me like I'm the freak. Stop yeah. this. Yeah, I know. And then like the price of living in that reality was just too high. I don't know. Uh, did you have uh, any thoughts on those themes uh, before we wrap up blue team? Um, I think it's just um, interesting here as a first time, as a long time listener since like probably 2017, 2016 ish, but first time caller just figured it's very insightful to hear how y'all came about to doing what y'all do today. 
So oh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for tuning um, in. I do thanks have a calling. yeah. I do have a question that a friend asked me to ask. Uh, admittedly, if you don't have time for it, you, you tell that to. friend to follow the rules. No, no. no all right. Uh, is it is it is it relatively quick to answer? Uh, it, it it can be. It, I think it can be reasonably answered short. All right. So um, go go ahead. He's very interested in you know how you all uh, look at the erosion of our rights in America, and so I guess his question is. How much further do you all personally think the erosion of rights can go before there is no reasonable democratic solution? I, I that was oh, uh, we're like, there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, we're past the point. I would say I, I yeah. it's hard for me to look at at any right in the Bill of Rights and think, oh, that's sufficiently intact. Oh, that's yeah. safe. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. the, your First Amendment rights are under attack. Your Second Amendment rights are under attack. Your Fourth Amendment rights are under attack. They haven't asked me to quarter troops yet, but that's only a matter of time. <laughs> Uh, that's true but i did watch this interesting interview with michael malice on trigonometry this morning and i think it's important for all of us to recognize that that there is still a long way for us to fall in terms of of this nation and the things that we could be experiencing like we're still living in the land of bread and circuses we all have a lot of comforts um, that's true and things could get just unspeakably bad which is so much worse. Yeah, the suffering will have to increase before people wake up to it. I would grant that point for sure. But it, but I guess yeah. I interpret it as at what point have our rights been sufficiently violated to justify a change in the system? I think we're beyond that. But uh, 1862. What, that bastard Lincoln. I know. It's all his fault. Um, but yeah, if uh, if the question is what level of suffering will people tolerate before they'll consider the 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 possibility that some of their ideological predispositions might be flawed. We're not even close people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the fact that people endured the bullshit through Corona and, and a huge mass of society still does not question the legitimacy of what we all did. Uh, that just shows me that they could do that times 10 and these people would still probably follow them to that slaughter. So sorry not to be optimistic, but, uh, it, it it's it gets worse before it gets worse. I guess that's the saying, right? I think we're headed towards some of that. Yeah, uh, definitely could be said. Um, I guess that's about it. Thank you all so much. And have a good night. Well, thanks you for too. calling in, man. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, thanks to our callers this evening. If you would like to participate in the show, but you can't call in live or you're having trouble doing that, of course, you can send us an email question. Place to do that is the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. That helps keeps us, uh, keep us organized. And we'll answer your questions at the end of the show each week as we will right now. No Name says, uh, here's a hypothetical for you. There's an independent Scandinavian country called Norse Denfin. Highly religious Lutherans, largely untouched by the outside world, they get four TV channels, and smut begins to be broadcast on one of the channels. No one does anything because they're all like Matt in values and disposition. Well, we are. This is appropriate. It's Nordic. Ten years later, they have gay marriage and Europe's uh, largest pride event. What should these scandals have done in the intervening years? to prevent uh, these societal changes, if anything, if there's anything in Matt's toolbox of moral actions that would have had any effect. Well, it would be for me to sit here and say that there, that there's no slippery slope would be a denial of, of what we've witnessed over the last few years. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say that you can't possibly logically connect 
the erosion of a certain piece of culture in one context to the erosion of the culture in another. So I don't think you're way off base. Um, but, but the thing I will emphasize is that, and, and this is a, a theme as we've talked about uh, with uh, some of our callers previously, uh, you still have to exercise your own agency and control by not participating in any of that. And right. I suppose if you, if you, if you ask me what the solution to that problem is, number one, it's turn off that channel. But I agree that there that might not solve some of the social ills outside of your own home that you see that simply you turning off the channel doesn't erase the damage that it might do to all the other homes that don't do that. So if if that is if if that problem persists, that's where you have to start convincing people. You have to start uh, getting that community to agree that this sort of thing is not uh, helpful, not productive. We shouldn't be promoting this. We shouldn't be allowing this. And you convince people to culturally reject that material. Um, I suppose if, if you really wanted to be true to the setting, maybe you go full Viking. You grab your axes and you, start, you go to that TV station and do a little raid or something. Um, that's what I was going to say. You but, find the one globalist that's responsible for this channel and then you uh, slit their throat. But seriously speaking, I would say it's it's cultural courage. And I will acknowledge that this has been this is a flaw in my prior dispositions that is to say um the the old me by the old me i mean me of like five to six years ago would subscribe to the logic say on abortion or anything else well that's not something i would do but who am i to say that my neighbor shouldn't well that's sort of abortion is kind of an extreme moral example because it's the ending of a life but you could take it to things like this that's not a channel that i would watch but who am i to say that someone else shouldn't I agree that I don't have the right to go into someone else's home and monitor their media consumption or something like that. But there's a, there's some cultural courage I could exercise in being a good friend and neighbor and articulating those values and convincing people. It's not good to consume that material. We ought to reject that for reasons, A, B, and C, X, Y, and Z. And uh, I know that might be disappointing to people who would prefer the Viking alternative, but I'm going to stop it forcibly. <laughs> Forcing people to consume or reject certain material or forcing my values into their home with uh, right. acts like tools. Use your voice. Uh, Use your reasoning. What happens if the people aren't capable of uh, exercising reasoning to the, yeah, really. to the prior conversation? I'm not what saying it's flawless. It's just this. That I think that's the morally correct route to take in correcting that problem. No, Do you have any thought, that other thoughts on it? No, you got to nip that in the bud before it's too late. Yeah, you know, you gotta uh, get in there. You have to violate that person's rights and uh, ax them up protect good. your society and ax them up good. Yeah, head uh, on pike, center of town, so that everyone knows the price. Thank you for saying uh, nip in the bud. By the way, I'm a I'm a person who formerly committed the sin of saying nip in the butt. So, oh no, yeah, I've corrected my ways though. Do uh, you say chomping at the bit? That's another one I hate. I do. What's, I didn't know that was incorrect. What's uh, it is champing at the bit? Champing at the bit. I don't really say that phrase commonly, so I guess champing at the bit. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, of course I am. Uh, I love the nation of Israel, says Matt. You quipped that the mid century German project of constraining degeneracy by force only lasted a little while. Does this imply that not only are you against using force to constrain degeneracy, but you would actually be in favor? of using power in some form to dismantle a government that did that. D does he mean that, 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 uh, constrained degeneracy 
Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a little unclear on the second part of the question. Using power in some form to dismantle a government that did the dismantling the German government in this case. I think this is in the context because of, they c- contain degeneracy. I'm not really sure. I think this is in the context of the conversation. Uh, Richard Parker sent us a, a question last week that was about, hey, here are some examples of state censorship being successfully exercised was the premise. Um, and and my response in part that I think he's getting at was even if you could show that that state censorship is quote unquote successful in, in certain instances, as with many moral concepts, mm-hmm. my response was, these are these are long term right. rules that o- over time on balance, you're going to get a, a more productive uh, result by not being uh, heavy handed with your censorship was the that was the the general concept of the uh, of the question and answer. But I, I, I. Would you be in favor of using so if, if there's a government that's heavy-handed in its censorship, would I be in favor of using power in some form to dismantle a government that did that? Well, to the extent that I believe that that you have a right to think what you want, to write what you want, to read what you want, that if if there's a government that is denying that right, would you be justified in overthrowing it? Well, that's that's really declaration of independence type stuff. So I I would have to say yes, even though I know the the trap on this front is it's I suppose it's going to be so you actually want to stop the people who are stopping the degenerates. Well, I, I I want to stop the people who violate the rights of others. Right. And sometimes you can violate the rights of bad people. uh, But again, you don't want to make a habit of violating rights over time. Violating rights over time is going to produce a lot of immorality and a lot of uh, social dysfunction. So that would be my answer if I'm understanding correctly. And if I didn't understand the premise correctly, uh, send uh, send another one uh, and we can return to it. Thank you. Propaganda says, Matt, would it be fair to say that in your view, if a society is propagandized to believe something, even if it's false or morally reprehensible, the government has no grounds to interfere with that belief in inner way? Anyway, not asking, same question. Okay. not asking if the government can deal with downstream effects or not. Even far leftists generally want uh, murderers arrested. Yeah, I don't. In my view of the role of government, it's not to police the ideology of the people. In fact, I think it's actually the reverse, that the the government exists to reflect the ideology of the people. Uh, in, in, ideally, in as localized a way as possible, because, of course, you're not going to have ideological uniformity across a country of millions or hundreds of millions of people but yeah as, as a moral concept i don't I, I think the idea of the government uh imposing truth or imposing perspective on the people is backwards the government should reflect the perspective of the people yeah even if and and yeah even if even if their perspective is is wrong frankly um, of course, I'm going to do everything I can in my community to make sure that the government reflects proper values. But the other side of that is, uh, it's, it's, this is to the theme that we discussed earlier. It's like, how far can is your sphere of influence going to extend anyway? Even if you have the perfect set of ideas, if you are morally pure in, in the way that your government exercises power, I mean, are you going to be able to, to exercise that power on people halfway across the globe or even halfway right. across the country? You do you have keep to keep your sphere of influence small if you're going to try to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you, Mister Propaganda or Miss. I guess I don't actually know. Mister, careful, Nick. Hers? 
<laughs> Greetings from South Dakota. So it appears the that the dollar is giving you know on itself by thinking about what we can try to put in place to support my family in a small community that can be self-reliant without becoming a federal shooting range. Mm. Ideas? I mean, gosh. Okay. Um, we put in a generator, but that's, you know, a you know, propane generator you're still going to need. You're still going to need fuel. Um, solar panels? That's probably a good idea. Uh, get a good garden going. Learn how to can without getting botulism. Yeah, that's I, a good. I don't good know enough do. about canning to even know that was a risk. Yeah, it's like the main risk. Hmm. Yeah, you don't want to get botulism. It kills you. Blondes had every disease, so I truly have. Yeah, blondes disease. That's all the diseases. It's <laughs> um, the worst of them all, at least. Stock up on ammo. Although my husband just told me that five fifty six only lasts two years. Is that true? Not to my knowledge, but. I assume he has some reason to say that. I don't know. I, oh. I've definitely shot ammunition that's older than two years old. Because he's like, I'm going to the shooting range. I was like, don't use all the 556. We only have like 500 rounds left. And he's like, we only last two years. Maybe he's lying. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe he knows something. I, I'm not an expert in that area, but that would be news to me if. Uh, maybe that's for ideal function or something. But I, I mean, the or unless there's something unique to to five five six ammo, but I don't think there is. You people still fight like or, uh, people still shoot like uh, you know uh, uh, World War II Historic, era ammunition yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Maybe he is I just think, tricking you into buying more ammo. Else? But you don't have to trick you into buying more ammo. It's like that's an investment these days. Um, I think Blonde hit all the points, so I, I won't add to that. It's just trying to make your home as independently self-sufficient as you possibly can and uh you'll probably never have everything that you want but you do one task at a time and pretty soon you have something that's close that's good advice that's true this is for you did i did i read that one did you uh i'll read this one uh quiz 25 matt have you watched gun gale online your coveted uh p90 is the MC's main weapon. I don't I don't know the show, but uh yeah, P, I I would love to have a P90. Uh and congratulations to this person who does. Uh Blonde, I suggested before looking at into the passport bros as your ticket to interview with just pearly things, a moneyed expat is better than a feminist simp. Question 2. I did, I, okay, so two quite or maybe three. <laughs> There's the P90, a pass a pathway to just pearly things. And then the, the last part is Viva and Barnes first met at Tim cast um, in real life. Are you two willing to meet again in real life? Sure. I, yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we could organize something someday, um, but I don't know. I mean, both of us are kind of like we have our family things and I don't know that we're big event people. At least I'm not going anywhere. At least yeah. I'm not. But, you know, you, maybe I should go to events because that's how you get Southern Poverty Law Center hit pieces. Maybe that's my path. What? When was the last time I went to an event? Although I have the time you got a it. Southern Poverty Law Center hit piece. <laughs> speak it. Oh, that's right. The yeah. Kootenai thing. Um, I haven't asked to speak at Amron, so we'll see. American Renaissance. Oh, okay, and I did want to talk about Just Pearly things for a second because we have time, and I'm to- I'm totally off of her. She's what she's saying about genders is right, and she's like, I don't want to get married because um the the laws are so unfavorable to men, but she still wants to have kids, and she only dates black guys. And and she's like, she's Catholic. So I'm like, your plan is to have children with a black guy out of wedlock in order to secure his rights? That's your well, wait, plan? She's, she intends on having kids out of wedlock? 
she wants to have kids, but she won't. She said she will not get married because the laws are so unfavorable to men. So I'm like, you're going to find that one black guy that's just going to stick around (laughs) even though you're not married. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Am I crazy here? Like she's, she's so right on gender stuff. And then this race stuff, she's like a huge retard. And then I saw her talking super ghetto the other day. Well, I don't know about that. I do know that I would have a problem with uh, intentionally having kids out of wedlock. Out of that, wedlock that is right. to the child's disadvantage. And that's why that right. is and, and she's like talking about the but, man's rights. And like, but what about what about your child's security? I would have to hear the reasoning. It, it seems strange to me that you'd say I won't get married because it's a system that is disadvantageous to men. Well, don't yeah. exercise that disadvantage against your man. And then you don't have a problem there. I mean, my marriage Sure. Are there certain state advantages that come with it? Yes. But I, I don't give a rat's ass what the state says about my marriage. And frankly, I, I have greater trust in my wife than I have in the state itself. I understand that there are legal structures in place that could disadvantage me if she chose to exercise them. But she's not yeah. going to do that because I've vetted her properly. And I know, yeah. I know there are a lot of men who uh, would look at me and say, give it 10 years and then you'll see uh, how well that worked out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair, but I guess what I'm saying is the point I'm trying to make is I don't think that your marriage, that you should make the decision to marry or not marry based on the state's incentive or disincentive structure. You should do that for its own sake. And maybe if you want to eliminate the state's involvement in there, maybe you just don't go, you don't file the paperwork with the state. You have a commitment to each other that exists outside of the state's knowledge. But the point is mom and dad need to have a commitment to each other for the sake of the child. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So as long as that's being fulfilled, if the commitment is there, then you don't need, you don't need the state. I mean, yeah, I hate to say it, but Jordan Peterson has talked about this and and, he's right. You need as many steps as you possibly can have to stop you and your spouse from splitting up. That's, that's what you need when you're married and you have kids and stuff. You need like a world of people telling you not to split up. I understand that women are incentivized financially to break up marriages, but if you're going to have a child with a woman, you need to trust her. You need to trust her. Yeah. And, and vice versa. I mean, it's uh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, how did we get it? Oh, we were talking about just pearly things. So that's, that's the answer. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm you, finding Chris. this really disappointing, but she's 20. She's like 26. So I'm like, maybe she'll come around hmm. on all this stuff. Gab user enjoyed your vid on church spying, but I thought the takeaway for the audience was a little weak. Shouldn't something be done about the pervs who spied on the church for a year? Shouldn't they be made an example of so this never happens again? How else would we make sure this never happens? I'm not suggesting vigilantism. I'm just suggesting retribution once inshallah. <laughs> yeah. A reactionary counter elite takes the reins of power as God's righteous sword of judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Romans 13. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with the premise. Um, I can't remember exactly how I closed out that video. So it's hard for me, even though I posted that on what uh, Saturday, I think. So I should have a fresher memory in my mind, but you know, after we've talked about a whole bunch of other stuff for the last couple hours. Um, but yeah, as far as your desire to, to punish these people. Um, yeah. The, the idea that this is viewed as a proper exercise of state power for, for so many is uh I guess my brain isn't even going that far because I don't know that we're a society capable of that at the moment. It's like who at least half the country is going. 
not in, in this context, California, probably more than half of California would look at that and say, good, should have been harsher on them, should have been yeah. weirder on them. If people didn't see what he's talking about is it has been revealed recently through court documents that the state of California, the, the health department in Santa Clara County in San Jose uh, was very, very heavy handed and frankly, downright weird in spying on a dissident church that decided in May of 2020, you know what? Fuck this. Our people are really suffering. They need the church community and we're just going right. to open up. Yeah. And, and when the, the health department went there to start doing these inspections, the church told them to fuck off. And so there was a multi-month court battle until the, the, the the church or the, the the health department won the right to go back into the church but in the meantime they were they got an agreement with a neighboring church and they're doing you know atf binoculars through the through the fence watching people what the creepiest part though was once they won the right to go back into the church they in at least one context there was a prayer group of moms and they decided that they wanted to monitor the moms and they had the full legal right to go in there and do this but they didn't want to be intrusive, so they watched through a window. It's like they oh, had the legal on. they had the legal right not to spy, but they decided we like the spying part, so we're gonna keep, we're gonna keep doing that, even though we don't have to. And um, and yeah, that not only is there no there are no heads on pikes in the way that uh, <laughs> might be considered here. In fact, the reason we know this is because the state is still taking this church to court, trying to get three million dollars worth of Good fines Lord. out of them. So, uh, like we were talking about with the last caller, how much more intrusion and suffering and bullshit could be imposed before we uh, push back with some harsher methods? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wish I had an answer to that, but um, but yeah, I, your point is taken. Maybe I need to uh, maybe I need to think uh, in harsher terms about what these people deserve. I, I don't dispute your point at all that. Uh, if you wouldn't tolerate that sort of behavior from your neighbor, good rule of government. Okay. The government is just people. They're not special. The same rules that you apply to your friends, your neighbors, anybody else in your same moral rules you apply to, to those people apply to the government, if not more so. But if you think it would be weird for your neighbor to be spying on your backyard gathering or something like that, you shouldn't accept it from a government agent either. And oh, yeah. if your neighbor was doing that, you'd be well within your rights to say, fuck off. And if you don't, we're going to have a problem. Uh, but they're special government people and California seems to worship that sort of thing. So, uh, so that's the situation that they're in, but, uh, thank you for the question and, uh, much appreciated. Ashwin says, how's it going lady and, and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, on my previous week's question an individual, uh, Oh, on individual versus group rights being one-to-one, -one, I think it would help to consider a group like an individual. So like family, uh, isn't two people, but the entity, or one entity like one individual. Given this assumption, which seems to be the one society hypocritically operates on, as the definition keeps changing based on the moment, do you believe in such a case? Do individual rights such as rights own property, uh, or do you believe in such a case? Do individual rights such as rights own property, etc.? If so, how? If not, why not? Does every right of the individual uh, translate onto a group, assuming everybody in the group is like a voluntary willing participant in that group. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously groups can own property. That's a thing that exists. Uh, groups have speech rights groups. Every individual in the group has a right to self-defense. Every the group has a right to 
the privacy that the Fourth Amendment would secure. I don't understand. How is this different than the other question? Yeah, I think I think it's a, a similar a similar version of it, but just as far as I understand the question is, can you think of an example of an individual right that doesn't map onto a group directly? And um, the only pushback I would have on that is that all of those individuals retain their rights against the group as well. That is to say, if, if the individual decided that this group is not to my liking anymore, you have a, an association right to leave. You have a, a dissociation right so to speak uh and the group doesn't have uh, the individual rights are still exercisable against the group by that individual but i don't think there's this i don't think there's any in any right that the individual has that doesn't apply to the group so long as everyone is consenting to that association I'm trying to think of one i can't really think of one uh, so i guess yeah i guess it's i'm going do, yeah uh yes is the answer <laughs> the groups have the same the group has the same rights unless someone's being held captive in the group then that individual retains those rights okay, okay. I, if i'm understanding right. correctly yeah captain norway this question is for both of you have you discussed with your spouses to what extent you will allow your children to have access to screens in your daily lives mm -hmm. many kids um end up as zombies in front of those dumb devices and if you haven't had the talk I'd advise you to do so Amish for the win. Okay. So my daughter can watch Bluey on very special occasions when we have to do something where she cannot be present. <laughs> and if I'm sick ah. and then I let her do an ABC tracing app while I watch her for like 30 minutes a day. You know, we're not quite at this stage with our son where screen time is something that really captivates him. Um, so, but I know that my wife and I will be on pretty much the same page here because we've had these conversations generally. I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a no screen time, no screen time type person because I actually see a lot of, uh, a lot of benefit in terms of the sort of games that you can play, the information that you can learn. In fact, I, as I've mentioned before, I think, it's probably likely that I'll enjoy some video game time with my son with some appropriate yeah. content when he's old enough to get it. Cause there's a lot of different puzzles and things to me. There's not a lot of difference between doing that sort of stuff on a screen versus doing it in the old school way, like on some sort of game board or something. So I'm not, uh, I don't reject screens inherently, but I, I would say I, I want to refrain from using it as a method of babysitting as much as possible. I want to use it as a tool to maintain a presence in my son's life rather than a substitute for me. That will probably be my guiding principle. I know that sometimes they're going to, he's going to drive me crazy and I'll need him to chill out for 15 minutes. And so you turn on the cartoon of choice, like every parent does, but I don't want it to be the sort of crutch where it's like, uh, entertain yourself. Like here's a, here's a fun game to play while I go do whatever the hell else I want to do. I want to, I want to use it as a facilitator to our relationship, not as a substitute. That'll be uh, my plan. Fan said, am I up next or are you up? Sorry. You're up. Okay. Uh, something that's become in vogue on the right, especially among normie conservatives is to accuse people uh, who take any non-conventional group action, like the BS uh, permeating our society of being feds. Do you think this mindset becomes detrimental to us since it prevents organization and rejects potentially effective methods of fighting back? How can we balance the need 
to form large organized groups with the need to be wary of Fed infiltration. You know, I think you're really onto something here. And I yeah. I say this as a full participcipient in that sort of joke by you know doing the Fed joke about everything, every fed, opportunity fed, that fed, comes up. Fed, 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 Fed. Uh, an analogy here reminds me of the um you know i lost all my gun i lost all my guns in a boating accident type meme where where people sort of indulge uh that uh joke as well the idea being well they can't come after me i i lost everything i have it's at the bottom of the lake the pushback i've heard and i think it's right is okay but you're still granting the premise that they retain the right to destroy you if they find that you have the wrong whatever the wrong gun configuration uh, so really we should be making jokes that are like, why don't you come show up and try it out and see what happens. There's some flavor of, uh, some version of that. That's true in this, uh, in this situation too. That is to say, if the destruction of overpowering federal force like that is necessary and it is eventually you're going to have to overcome that fear of everyone being a fed and saying, you know, what? I don't fucking care. We're going to have to organize yeah. against these people to stop them. Yeah, I think I think the biggest hurdle is just how do you reach a critical mass of people who aren't afraid of that? Everyone's afraid of being that first guy who gets made into the example, the 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 sacrificial lamb for slaughter. Yeah. What we need is the only way I see this working out is if we have like some sort of some sort of pact of states, a secession. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean is like Idaho, Wyoming and Montana get together and they're like, we don't care about all this federal bullshit you've been pushing. We don't care about paying your taxes. We're not going to do it. And if you decide you want to make us, you can come here and get us. But if we see any feds attempting to enforce their bullshit federal law, we're going to arrest them on site. It's going to have to be that level of where I know that there's some security to protect me. Right. From resisting the force of these people. And the only way I could see it happening is if it's a, if it's really at the state level like that. Or if you have a community that's so large. If you got like 20,000, 50,000 people to move together into a city that declared its own autonomy in this way. And was surrounded by castle walls with mounted guns. Uh, yeah. that. Uh, how do you... But to the point of the question asker, how do you achieve that? How do you organize such a thing without getting busted up just well, for talking to- about it? But you have to be a good judge of character. And that's that's really what this is about. And like it, the Ray Epps thing is an excellent example. If you're looking at somebody and they're, they're trying to incite you into some behavior, then you have to just assume that they're a Fed. You just have to. Mm. Like I have a lot of extremist friends in North Idaho. None of them have ever tried to get me to do anything. They, they, the thing they try to get you to do is to build a life where you can be and left alone. Yeah. Yeah. And that really is the difference at as opposed as I personally am to what I see as rampant federal overreach and illegitimate exercise of power. At no point am I sincerely arguing to go attack people. What I'm arguing for is voluntarily opting out of their bullshit and saying, if you wish to continue trying to force this nonsense on us, you can come over here and try it. But I'm not saying you, you, you march and attack these people. Uh, and that's what's frustrating. I think people who believe in that philosophy, that's what you'll hear them say. It's like, let's let's go where they can't get us and build something cool. Right. Um, not let's go. Let's go to where they are and get exactly, them. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, there's. Well, I don't know. I don't know how this problem is going to be resolved, but it's not going to be pretty. It, it It's going to be someone exercising power over the other. And that's going to have to be sorted out. 
Oh, N-word. Funny. The short version of the N-word is up next. Are my standards too high? I don't want a smoker, alcoholic, frequent drug user, single mother, overweight, high body count, sex worker, OnlyFans, hood rat, militant, atheist, Muslim, leftist, feminist, or all tatted up. Would somebody at least moderately intelligent, uh, would like somebody who is at least moderately intelligent and wants children. If the average lady no longer meets these requirements for the sake of argument, can an average 30-year-old non-churchgoer guy who's below six feet and not super rich have a chance at finding these past standards in the modern dating world? Do you have a chance? Yes. Do you have a good chance? No. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell people. And maybe this, these passport bros are probably right. Like the average American guy could probably go to the Philippines and he'd be like some sort of God. I can't, can I tell men not to do that? I, it's hard for me to advise the shopping strategy, but I can tell you that the, your standards as is the premise of your question. Those are not too high. In fact, I would agree to every single one of them. I can't think of They're one. So that reasonable. I personally would compromise on. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, I'm surprised. Thank you for using the term sex worker too, by the way, not just uh actual prostitute, not whore, but you know, the, the polite term of sex worker. Uh, no, I, the, I don't think that it would be, not only are you not being overbearing or, or being unjustified in those requirements, I think you would be self-defeating to compromise on any any one of those points. With maybe the exception of tattoos, I guess, depending on what the tattoo situation is. That's the one that's maybe debatable. But all the others are a lot of uh, unacceptable degenerate behavior that's going to cause you problems in the future. Certainly if you intend to build a family. So... Uh, no, uh, I, I would say you're perfectly justified in shopping wherever you think you can find the alternative to that, because settling for those things, I, the risk is just too high. You can't advise a man to settle for any of those traits, can you? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, let me uh, the only way I could say you could compromise on some of these is like someone who is is serious about fixing past problems. Like you use the example of overweight. If it's someone who is very serious about that being a problem and wanting to get it corrected, I think that that's maybe entertainable. You have to, if someone's wanting to go in the right trajectory, I think some of these are maybe negotiable. Um, the the OnlyFans stuff, not really. Like you can't have mm. weird porn of your wife on the internet. No, on the internet. No. Um, single single mothers. The situation is dependent too. I mean, it's like. Uh, I know it's you make the distinction. Then. So you're talking widows are different than single moms by some sort of choice exercise. So that's maybe another area where there's some negotiation. But if it's just there's some guy who's the father of my children out there, you're signing up to be a there's a guy who wants to kill you now. OK, rightly right. or wrongly, there's a guy out there who wants to kill he you, wants to murder you. Yeah. And that's a problem that you can't really compromise on. So. Uh, yeah, maintain your stance and shop where you need to is what uh, my advice would be. And Godspeed. Gilgamesh says, hey, Matt and Blonde, have you heard of the bioweapon at Fort Detrick, if I'm pronouncing that correctly? Well, it's located in the state of Maryland. Uh, they were working on COVID until there was a lab leak in the summer of 2019. The leak hit a retirement community where people ended up in the hospital Uh with COVID-like symptoms, I was watching the redacted channel on Rumble. So was it a U.S. lab leak? I don't know anything about this. That would be. No, that's news to me. So I, I wouldn't be able to opine on it. But uh, it, did it actually come out of our 
our labs, or maybe they were simultaneously developing in China and the U.S. Who knows? But that's news to me. Thanks for the info. Uh, Zazie's up next. Okay. Mr. Zazie. Mrs. Zazie. Um, is this a chick? I don't know. I, think, I bet it's a dude. It's nice to see Matt go full boxcar. And all we had to do was tell him people wear masks while biking. Look at that hit piece soon enough. I know he really pissed him off. Anyway, I hate what I call um, NPR speech. For instance, when did Canadian geese become Canada geese? And when did American bald eagles become America bald eagles? I've never heard that. I was unaware of that. What is your most hated NPR talk or phrase? I wouldn't know because I don't listen to NPR. Is that like, what does he mean by that? Because it doesn't seem like there's a political reason for these alterations in speech. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And I guess I, can to we be talk fair, about colloquialisms that don't, that aren't real, that have made themselves uh, valid? Yeah, I think so. Usage? You're probably right. I interpreted that as literal NPR talk. He means okay. it more broadly, like things that have people been... have asked this before. I got a lot of these. All right. Irrespective, not a fucking word, not a word. Okay. Preventative. Hate that one. Although, also not a word that they're both acceptable these days. Yes, but that's incorrect. They're acceptable yeah. because of overusage of the incorrect form. They just incorrected its way into correctness. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's some there's some other things like that. Um, people say is because all the time. Uh, one thing that this and it's completely non-political uh, doesn't really matter, but I, I don't like it when people say I'm good Doing or use well. good as an adverb. Right. Good is okay. not an adverb. But okay. I'm not I'm not yeah. a huge grammar Nazi necessarily. Although that's not true. There's one piece of grammar that drives me up the wall, and it's only in the written context because it doesn't express itself in a spoken context. But misused apostrophes, dude. And I know we're getting yeah. into the world of errors. He's not necessarily talking about errors, you, he's talking about I rephrasings. I I've been the worst example ever. And what I'm talking about is specifically when things are plural and there's an apostrophe in there for some reason. Or one context in which I notice it all the time is people have labels on their house, uh, on their, on their houses. Like in my case, it would be the Christian sins and they have some nice is there an apostrophe name the ornament and they'll, they'll put an apostrophe in there. It's like, is there one Christian sin who lives here and he's very possessive of this home? No, there are plural Christian sins who live here. There's no apostrophe necessary. But if, but if it said the Christian sins home, that would be correct. Yeah. But that that's not, it, it's the Christian sins, like the name of the family. You know, it's not the, it's not the, this home is not the Christian sins. One, one guy. I mean, I guess technically it is, but that's a weird thing. That's not what they mean with that, that, uh, that sort of label. So that, that drives me crazy. But, uh, one time I was at Arlington national cemetery, you know, hollowed ground, very important. And they had a, in fairness, it was a makeshift sign, like with stenciled spray paint. Uh, one of those kind of A-frame signs that you put to direct people. It said restrooms with the arrow. And there's an apostrophe in restroom. What the f- You disrespect every fallen soldier in the history of this country with this grammatical bullshit? You're like, I don't care about grammar. However, <laughs> this is an affront to every person misused, that has died for our freedom. <laughs> misused apostrophes, dude. They, I just, I can't. I, they piss me off. I hear you. Did yeah. you read that one? No, I didn't. People are saying that Canada geese was a guy that, whose last name was Canada. 
Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I don't, I don't know either. I don't if know what NPR's case, purposes are. And and frankly, I've never heard bald eagles described as American bald eagles. They're just bald Me eagles. Either. So maybe I've missed something. I apologize if I have. Um, McMonahan, am I up? Uh, yeah. Greetings, fellow whites. If given the power, would you add any safeguards to the Constitution against communism or socialism? P.S. You're my second favorite podcast. So I'm not answering your question oh, after that on. slight. You didn't even tell me which one is the best. So I don't even know how to where to aim. Um, yeah, I guess uh, you, you could argue that the 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 principles or the the framework of the constitution is itself anti-communist. It is the preservation of individual and states rights, which is uh, a uh, protection against the sort of centralized collectivist exercise of power. So to that extent, I don't know that it's necessary. You can't have communism uh, exercised under the constitution in any way that's actually faithful to the constitution. Yet here we sit with a bunch of oath breakers in office and people don't give a shit about that. If not exercising communism, exercising some form of it on a trajectory that seems designed to get us to some sort of similar destination. But if I don't grant the, if I'm going to say that people have, have successfully implemented forms of that, despite the uh, guardrails against such things in the constitution that exist already, I don't know that much would change if the Constitution said, no, seriously, no fucking communism, uh, that that like any other clause, they would just say, uh, we'll interpret that out. We'll uh, have the courts deal with that. Yeah. So, Well, the real way to prevent um, communism from sweeping across a free democratic nation is to make sure that uh, people don't migrate to the country. Well, there. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, if you have. If you, if you have a lot of people of uh, differing values coming in to change uh, the loyalty to the value structure into the Constitution, you're going to have problems. Anyway, uh, anything else before we get to uh, chats? <coughs> That's an interesting thought experiment. Like if we never had immigrants from any other country except for Western Northern Europe. Uh, what would this country do? My guess is awesome. Well, let me pose this. <laughs> let me pose this hypothetical to you or com- a comparative hypothetical. Do you think the country would be more different in that case? Or if uh, the 19th was never passed, what is the greater? Like, I think we'd be, we'd be better off with no immigration. Hmm. Interesting. I thought you'd say the opposite. I don't know. No, because um, you can get women under control through force. But this immigration situation is totally out of control. Like what recourse do people have? Like you can you can get women under control. <laughs> uh, channeling uh Sean Connery. Mm. God rest his soul. He died, didn't he? Right? He's dead. Yeah. When did he die? Was that recent? uh, recently, I think over a few years ago. Twenty twenty. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um Thanks for your email questions, guys. Again, if you'd like to send an email question, contact page of the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call and show question form. Over on Rumble, JDL or uh, JD1492, uh, I read that wrong uh, wrongly since I'm committed to adverbs now. I read that wrongly every time now. DeSantis picked a fight with Disney and bleeding heart progressives lost their mind. Part of Trump's initial appeal was the deindustrialization of the Midwest by free enterprise apologists. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, DeSantis has been tested. I think that a lot of this is to the prior uh, discussion with um, with Ratchet Republican about the level to which DeSantis has been tested. Now, he has not been tested to the degree that Trump has. I, I think that's inarguable. But he has had a lot of uh, opposition, a lot of uh, potentially unfair criticism thrown his way. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't think that he doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't have the riffing ability that Trump has. But I, th- I, I think Trump, uh, DeSantis will probably stand up to media scrutiny fairly well. I've seen it. I've seen him do it a few times. I've seen him handle reporters in his own way uh, several times. So um, maybe he'll come out of his shell a little bit. I don't know. I think he's always going to be more of a boring personality compared to Trump. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's ever going to change. Yeah, but, but do you want your president to be super excited? Well, yeah. In an ideal world, they w- I wouldn't even care who the guy is because he barely does anything. <laughs> exactly. we don't live in that world anymore so now i just want the entertainment factor uh, are you good on rumble yeah we're finished uh laughs i left off on uh youtube and tippy stream with nicholas h but i need to refresh oh i need to refresh too okay let me find it here uh well now i gotta s- okay yeah jeff sloat says hello blinded matt uh if you need a laugh read about hillary and the person who left a bowel movement next to her seat in New York City. I did see the headline, but that's it. Was I like someone, that it's spelled like bowl. Yeah. Someone took a shit. Was this in a theater or something? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. This was not the when Nancy Pelosi. It was, it's recent. I saw the headline today <laughs> or yesterday, somewhere in there. Um, so, yeah, someone took a shit in the presence of Hillary Clinton in some sort of public theater setting or something like that. This is not Nancy Pelosi's driveway. This is right next to the lady herself, as far as I understand. <laughs> Unless I'm mistaken. Um, Ryan, Ryan he, Inman. Yeah, go ahead. Was that not Matt Taibbi with the sermon? Maybe it was. Zor's is uh, Matt Taibbi. Did he sound like him? I guess I don't know Matt Taibbi's voice well enough. I have. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, B-Man, have uh, you been keeping up with the craziness happening in San Francisco? If not, I highly encourage you to make another video about it. It's going to be so awesome when they bankrupt that city. The reparations bit. Oh, my God. How could they even finance that? Did you hear that idiot say, um, and we won't raise taxes either. It's like, okay. <laughs> Plan here. everyone's so gonna be rachel dole is all in san francisco in yeah. five seconds oh yeah i've been living here for years uh i've yeah, been yeah. i've been black for decades i'll collect my five million dollar check please. i know you know uh, in I'm trying to think in ways do i support this on principle of course not it's nonsense and if you're a san francisco taxpayer or whoever's financing this california whoever maybe they're getting a federal grant to do it i don't know but if it could be shown in a localized way and say San Francisco, who is generally willing to experiment with such nonsense, seems like a perfectly suitable setting to make this experiment. If you could show, hey, we did that. We didn't do like just a little bit of reparations. It was five million dollars <laughs> to every black person. And what is there like a free or a house for a dollar? They'll relieve your debt or something. It's it's, it's big time payouts. Yeah. If they could do that and the inequities that they (laughs) constantly bemoan do not fix themselves in any meaningful way, could that be beneficial demonstration that that is because they did it wrong? I suppose it would be just like communism itself. We didn't do it the right way. We have to try again. You're probably right that we wouldn't be wise enough, or at least the people who entertain this idea wouldn't be wise enough to see it in action and realize it doesn't do anything. I know. Uh, but that's that's the reality. It's like uh, 
That concept has been explained many times. If you could take all the world's wealth and give everyone an equal share of it tomorrow, the rich people, the successful people would end up in 10 years time, some degree of successful again. Yeah. And the people and who poor people would still be poor. Exactly. Uh, you would do no fault of their own though. Right. You, if you, we could start, could start clean. It's the, 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 the same sort of uh, success and failures will, will reveal themselves. Certainly. I would say until you kill all the white people that the experiment would never work. Well, Wakanda um, has to be achieved one way or another. Totally. Mighty Sebastian. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I forgot to mention, please read the populist delusion blonde. If you could get academic agent on your channel, he wrote that book and everyone on the right needs to read it. I've been trying like people that make me work too hard for an interview. I'm just like, <laughs> thank you, um, Sebastian, for calling in. Cam girl, as soon as yo, Tim cast just made a discord and started testing out Collins. If you get the chance, you both should come check it out sometime. We've been having great discussions in a constructive, respective, though a tad chaotic way. There's a respective hmm. discord that is about to descend into chaos. Enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, yeah, I, I'll be curious to see how Tim manages that. Uh, <laughs> not that like, I let the discord be the discord. You guys, you guys talk about whatever you want. So long as you're in compliance with the law, um, <laughs> there's a reason like that, that those 99% of those conversations are not for me. That's fine. I'm not taking shots. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I don't know if Tim will manage it the same way. I'll be curious to see if he does. Who is uh, that chick on his show with the strong jaw? Uh, you mean, are you talking about, uh, his former producer? Um, was she strong jawed? She had a face like a like an upside down triangle. <laughs> well, now I feel like I'm defaming a person. Are you talking about Are you talking about Lydia? I don't know. Her, you want to read a few? Let me yeah, that was like the form. She's not on the show anymore. But his former uh, producer lady. I don't think so. Oh, someone else. Okay, so I don't have to. All right, I don't have to Tim defame has... someone's facial structure in such a way. No, let me know. Okay, live chat. Can you read a few? Well, incompetent hands is very important thing. Incompetent Hands uh, says, Matt and I once answered questions every time he asked, whose turn is it to read? I've batted my big, dumb, pretty eyes and said, I think it's you. I don't. He read five questions in a row. Our lovemaking is unfair, too. <laughs> he well, did not. Yeah. we Maybe we should get a better system of uh, figuring out who's supposed to read what. But, you know, all things in time. Max says, hi, Matt. Uh, it's me, your old boss and coworkers. I am very disappointed. Well, that's the great <laughs> thing. I don't have to give a rat's ass. What I don't they give think. a yeah. uh, and, and I, even though I told a white lie to get out of there, I have never um, done anything bad to that organization. I've never like talked public shit about that organization or anything like I, I'm not interested in any kind of war. I just, I don't, I don't want them to come after me because I know that there's a lot of left-wing politics and, <laughs> I'd prefer to be left alone by that sort of thing. Cam girl, as soon as says to answer the caller's question about where to flee to flee to nowhere, take back your own country, make them leave or remove them. Otherwise there's zero reason for me to feel guilt for wanting a country where my group is dominant. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, well, I'll have to think about this because, you know, on the one hand, I think, um, as I talk about frequently, if you don't fit in in a particular group, it's very important that you maintain the rights and the freedom to leave and go build something else elsewhere. Uh, but that's got to have its limitations, right? At some point you have to stand your ground and say, no, I'm not. The, the trouble is like, if they told me here's where you can go to be left alone and live your life as you see fit, 
I would definitely consider that option. My problem is these people aren't giving me anywhere. So maybe right. that's the the difference. Um, they're not, and they're not going to give us anywhere. That that much is clear. Dirt muffler so butt. Dirt Guys, muffler. I never get to catch uh, you live, but I won't even get to hear you read this. Uh, and I won't even get to hear you read this, but you're both awesome. And the Sunday show is literally one of the highlights of my oh, week. Cheers. thank you. Well, thank you for that. And uh, even if you don't hear it, uh, it is very much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in and supporting the show. Chimp and a bow We love you. You're very special. If you want to be disabused of the climate nonsense, watch Tony Heller's channel. He simply debunks the lies, obfuscations, data tampering, cherry picking, and outright invention of temperature data. Yeah, I should uh, I should take a look. I don't know much about the data, uh, quote unquote, science end of it. So that's that's an opportunity for me to learn more. Right. And thanks for the recommendation. Right. Uh, Mark uh, Mike Mixel. Mike, sorry for the mispronunciation. I'll just go with Mark. Uh, same theme. Climate change, total hoax, is always in flux. Best deep dives are old Corbett report videos going through the ICCP data. Hard to define, much less measure tool for control. Uh, must have uh, a global threat for a global solution. Well, that last part, you know, that, that seems like a common theme, whether it's right. corona or whether it's climate change or anything. It, existential threats you must surrender power to the central authority who will manage everything for you that does seem like a recurring theme doesn't seem like it is so point is well taken robert robin sage says she apparently doesn't know the rule <laughs> this is about pearly things she doesn't, yeah. apparently doesn't know the rule once you go black we don't want you back <laughs> Is that the rule? I don't I'm, know. I mean, I kind I've of feel for her one. because she's she's very tall. Oh my god, bro! She's six feet tall. So, like, if you're gonna be a six foot tall white girl, it's like you need very you, tall guys. Well, it's not that, but maybe you just based on numbers, you have to branch out to people in other races, right? I don't know. I don't know the perils or what the dating prospects of very tall women are, but, but it's like this ghetto talk. Thing maybe we have our solution right here. We had our, uh, was it, we deleted our questions, unfortunately, but was it short version of the N word guy earlier? Wasn't he talking about here are my rules? He didn't say too tall. He said, <laughs> he didn't. He, what about just pearly thing? Yeah. Maybe that's, I'm the pretty match. sure she's only had sex with like two guys. All right. So there's your match. Just pearly things. Uh, uh, Joe says it drives me crazy when people call plane engines turbines instead of turbines. Uh, I've not heard that. That sounds British or something. Oh, I just heard you say engines. And so I was thinking I N G U N S no turbines. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, engines. Yeah. I thought you were saying engines. like engines. Oh, no? like Indians. Yeah. Oh, makes me think they are uh, head wrap propelled planes. Also, Matt, you have uh, a whistle in your nose when you breathe today. Oh, no. Well, I, I apologize if that's Ooh. the case, because that uh, that can get annoying. I understand that. So I apologize if there was a persistent uh, nose whistle. I will try to fix that for next time. I haven't heard my nose whistling, though. I, I, I hope I'm aware of these things. I think they're fucking with us because they told me that was my problem, too. Uh, I haven't heard you nose whistling. Maybe. Like, uh, yeah. Like you have a loose butthole or whatever the live chat is thinking about. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's just normal discussion. Two dogs, Mike D. Uh, the chick with the strong jaw is Ian. Uh, that's the long haired guy, right? No, her uh, name's Hannah. Uh, oh, um, uh, and I think I just looked at her picture on Twitter and she's way prettier. I think that she just had like a like a hairstyle that oh. made her face like way more unattractive than she actually is. 
She's cute. All right. Well, I'll take your word for it. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. Anything else before we get out of here? No, thanks for joining us. All right. Uh, Thanks for uh, your calls tonight. Thanks for your email questions. Thanks for your contributions uh, in all the ways that you choose to. Very much appreciated. We'll be back on Sunday to discuss whatever happens between now and then. I'm sure Trump Watch will continue, though, frankly, I'm already kind of bored of it. Uh, If you missed any part of the show, you can listen back on the podcast page of the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com slash podcast. I'll post it as soon as we're done here. Anything else show-related, head on over to the website, mattchristiansandmedia.com. Have a good night, and uh, we hope to see you on Sunday.